have some carrots and ranch. Is that enough for a podcast snack? Just kill me. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a a nice, hearty podcast for you. I had tacos, so... Oh. I'm a little gassy. Fuck yeah, tacos. Okay, let's see here. Hey, should we start a podcast? Probably. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. I hear it's a good idea to do those things. And with that, everybody, welcome to the SoxCast episode 70, still the only podcast dedicated to bi-weekly takes on Big Bad <laughs> Beetleborgs. I still don't know... <laughs> What y'all's problem is, I still think, like, episode 10 is, like, the emotional high of that series. Like, there is no uh, episode that really gets better than that. Is that the one where... my favorite. Is that the one where Jay Leno died and turned into a ghost? Yes! Yeah, I was very sad when... Yeah, He got got impaled on one of the Beetleborgs and was like, oh, shit, that shouldn't have happened. Oh, damn. Just like when I stole that comedy show from that other better comedian. (laughs) Beetleborgs was the best because it was like it was the two coolest things in the world mixed together: Power Rangers and bugs. I don't actually know jack shit about Beetleborgs. Yeah, see, we're just joking. I know like one thing that the ghost looked like Jay Leno or whatever, and John is mm. like, "Oh yes, this is my childhood right here." Yeah. Oh, I called Vile the Purple Beetleborg whenever I was playing. Oh my Man X One. Wow. He's fucking Boba Fett, you uncultured yeah. little kid. What's that? Good lord. Fucking shit. What kind of people do I host a podcast with? He's a little baby. Just Just looking at Beetleborg's pictures and feeling good. (laughs) So I am Media Virtual Right. He's Reba McIntyre's biggest fan. It's Rhett. There's something I can't talk about. How's it going, going, Rhett? Good. You you were singing all them songs before we started. Don't break my heart. My achy, breaky heart. Is Is that her? Nailed it. That's literally the one country song I know. Nailed it. <laughs> That's literally every country song. And, yeah. Re- and Reba McIntyre is the only person that sings it. Sounds right to me. She has red hair. I know. Okay, I did know that too. Yeah, boom. There you go. And like, I think like her entire backing band died in a plane crash in the 1970s. Wait. No. <laughs> you almost sat me there until you said Wait, 70s. what? No, that's like an actual thing that happened. To her? Yeah. Like, her entire really? backing band died in a plane crash. Oh Why did you bring the podcast down, Polly? I do. You're the biggest fan here, not me. I was just I feeding not. your I mind. I didn't know the tragic backstory. Yeah, I think it's something like that. I'm not going to bother looking it up, <laughs> but I remember hearing something about it. I had the Mikuru Beam song stuck in my head. If we were talking about songs stuck in the head. Mm. But yeah. Anna's watching Haruhi. It's like it's a pretty big blast from the past there. Dumb old Haruhi cartoon. Haruhi finally cartoon. get past endless eight. Uh, I think she slept through all of it. Oh, yeah, good idea. <laughs> I watched every episode week to week. Oh, you! Poor I wanted soul. to die because <laughs> I just went in spoiler free every week, being like, six is enough, right? Six. It'll be six. It's like we've already gone has it eight in the title. I know, but I'm like, well, they gotta throw a curveball. Maybe it'll only be seven. And then on the eighth one, it's like, it fucking has to be. <laughs> but then I'm afraid, like, maybe they're really gonna fuck with people and do nine. It's uh, in- maybe man, it's just all 15 episodes of the season are gonna be. 
<laughs> that's <laughs> that's like literally like an anime studio and the holder of the license fucking with an entire ba- fan base because they know they can. It bums me out because like it's the reason I don't think that ever actually came out on DVD here. Uh, like, English say. Yeah, yeah, I think it? it. I think it did. Man, because like, imagine I was always like, imagine going into Best Buy and being like, "Oh, Haruhi season two and then buying it, and it's the fucking same episode. Eight yeah, times it's a oh. real bummer, isn't it? <laughs> well, at least we got disappearance to make up for it. Yeah, and Dis- then, yeah. I'm excited to she'll be able to watch that with context because I did not. <laughs> I, I watched it and I was like, "Oh, this is fine." Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's weird <laughs> to actually watch that without any kind of context. To my media virtual left, the kid gloves are off. It's John Thayer. Hi. Hi. What's up? I'm hey, Rhett. What's a quick thing you wanted to quickly mention? Are we just go? Yeah. Let's just go into it. Yeah. Uh, Fantasy Star Online Two Episode Five is the thing. Why is coming the... coming next month? Why? Because. <laughs> Because it's a very popular game that makes them lots of money. Can it get dumber than Episode 4 was? Because, well, man, Episode 4, if you go back and listen to some of those older episodes in the archive... I, I was not a fan of Episode 4. Holy crap, Episode 4 was real dumb. <laughs> so Episode 3 was Space Japan, and I'm like, boy, what's the worst thing they could do after this? Go to actual Japan, and then Episode 4 was actual Earth. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you fight a boss on the moon, and then the next boss blows up the moon. And yep. Hurls it at you. So episode four was real bad. So episode five seems to story wise be kind of getting back to the older stuff. Unstupid. But the setting is still super stupid. Oh no. It, it appears that to take place inside of profound darkness, like there's this black hole that they're investigating, mm-hmm. and they and they go in there, and it's basically cyber dimension Neptune inside. Fantastic. Where it's like characters from the past dressed up in like medieval garb and then like all the enemies are like ogres and skeletons and imps and stuff this sounds real stupid it's it sounds real stupid <laughs> yeah like you had me at cy- you know cyber dimension neptune and then it was like well that i mean that's what it kind of reminds me of because it's like them just playing yeah just play pretend. It. Yeah. Like one of the bo- one of the villains they showed who like kind of died is back and he's like a king now oh so my it's all God. it seems pretty goofy but it's also more connected because episode four story wise had nothing to do with the previous three episodes. Yeah. So that so this seems to be trying to tie it a bit together. But also still very dumb. But still not as dumb as actually going to Earth. And like the whole story in episode four was like literally a girl on Earth is playing PSO and then she trades place with her PSO character or like the PSO character comes to Earth. Mm-hmm. It's like the MMO is a real thing. They're trying to be so fucking stupid. They're trying to do the meta thing without actually having any kind of brains about it. Yeah. And then there was that anime that was also terrible. That That anime, yeah. And that's the most cliche thing in in the universe at this point because like it's everything kind of it's sort of the sword online thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean PSO for a while has been like let's chase the trends where like Mm -hmm. episode three really kind of leaned into an attack a thing that looked like Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then episode four had like, let's let's dress up as like boats and stuff and fight military gear. And then, you know, Can Cole is a thing. Yeah. So, like they've, that series hasn't really had its own identity since episode two. That's okay. Hey, at, least kinda... at least they're getting back to that classic Fantasy Star 3 setting. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that good old classic Fantasy Star 3 setting. Mm. I mean, yeah. at least this one is more RPG inspired for sure. Yeah. Than mm. fucking... You fought T-Rexes and tanks in episode 4. It was so dumb. It was... And then they announced a new class called that's just called Hero. Hero. It's basically <laughs> like the end game can do everything. It looks really fucking strong. So it, knowing Sega, it might just end up being incredibly weak. Yeah. Like, or, they, or it'll roll out really strong, and a week yeah. later it'll get nerfed to being just complete garbage. Yeah, it'll probably, that's probably more likely. Wasn't Braver like that when it first came out and Fantasy Star Braver's still pretty good, but yeah. Yeah. They've had nerfs over the years. Like, Braver, I know, was top tier. And then they nerfed, like, one PA, and it became, like, a trash class. Yeah. But now it's still pretty good. Yeah, they announced a bunch of nerfs for stuff, like... They're basically trying to just tone down burst damage, because... Fucking Summoner sucked when it was released, and then all of a sudden they did this new pet that had, like, literally a 25,000% modifier. Oh, on Wow. On this attack, you could only use every couple minutes, but people were doing, like, literally six million damage. Yeah, just chain that It was shit. so fucking stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, PSO. They I'll, I'll right. made a big mistake making, keeping those numbers as big as they are. <laughs> like, the, when you got numbers that big, it's hard to keep them under control. Yeah, so mm. there's a damage cap now of one million. Oh, wow. Which is still, yeah. It's still kind of high. absurd, honestly. I mean, that's I Neptunia, but Neptunia is a single-player RPG, and it can kind yeah. of just lean into the absurdity. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. part, that's part of the joke with Neptunia. Yeah, yeah. or Disgaea being, like, billions yeah, of Yeah, like, billions of levels. <laughs> so, Polly, what you been up to? I've, uh, I hate myself a lot. <laughs> I've been speedrunning. I've, I've been, been chasing waterfalls. That sounds like a speedrunner. I've been chasing waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, back to personal best video. Yeah, yeah, it was real cool. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, that energy zone. That is energy so zone, fucking funny though. The energy zone is funny, and like the aliens layer is literally fuck you. I should have been sub eleven. Well, uh, so that was the run with the M on the damn yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the that M. Was so. so basically, what happens in the personal best in my eleven eleven personal best is. <laughs> There's, like, the big alien head you fight before you enter Alien's Lair proper. The and, Xenomorph. <laughs> yeah, the Xenomorph, essentially. And before that, there are two weapon capsules that fly by. Uh, at the top and the bottom. You're supposed to, like, in a speedrun, you want to clear out the one in the top, because that's a machine gun, and it can get in your way and fuck you over real bad. And I didn't mm. do that. And then the one at the bottom is the barrier that you pick up, and, you know, you're just invincible throughout that the duration of that fight. So what happened was, I shot the top weapon capsule, and it explodes and lands on top of the wall that I'm supposed to be jumping up against to kill the Xenomorph oh. thingy. And that means I can't jump up there and fire maximum spread shots mm. into the stupid thing. And mm. it ruined everything. It was miserable. Yeah. I've definitely learned things about that game I didn't know could happen watching you. Like, oh, that was a big God. one, having it land on the wall. Yeah. And then, like... In stage five, having those guys in the water shoot up and hit you directly yeah. before the shot even explodes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't think they would do that. <laughs> I thought it was just the explosion. <laughs> oh, no, that game, like, yeah. I, I had to choose one of the most brutal games 
as you know a first yeah. speed run a game I mean, uh, you it's know, so the merciless internet, the internet has warned you for many years Contra's the hardest game ever <laughs> god damn it they were right all along <laughs> turns out turns out all those lists were written by speedrunners <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it is a particularly punishing speedrun because you just die once and it's over. Yeah, like, basically. like Almost there, no recovery. There are only two places where you can really die and recover. And, yeah. like, if you die, like, way before or after those places, like, you're just bleeding time or there's no point in continuing. Yeah. Oh, man. Just getting caught in the energy zone, which happened to me the other night, by the way. It was another good one. I was doing a, uh, I was doing some offline runs. And, I, right. and uh, going into energy zone, I think I was like 12 seconds ahead of PB. Oh. And um, fucking. Oh, and that's a. So you're 12 seconds ahead, and energy zone is where you can make up all your time. Yep. Right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Geez. I get to the end of energy zone, and when you get to the boss, the game kind of does uh, an auto scroll for about a second to kind of like mm-hmm. scoot the last part of the level in. And if the boss jumps during that time, like it scoots him forward too. Oh, so as oh. I was already, so as I was already in my prone position, he just kind of jumped and landed on top of me, <laughs> and I lost the whole fucking thing. That's another That's thing brutal. I didn't think could happen. I thought he stood stood still until it finished that scroll. Nope. No, he'll actually jump, and if he jumps during that little itty-bitty auto-scroll, it pushes him forward enough to where if you're positioned to start putting your shots into him while you're prone, you're done. But I've got a consistent waterfall jump set up now where I can always get over, the, I can get over the flame jump. And, like, my runs aren't dying at waterfall all the time now, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's not... It seems like you're, real, like you're really close. I'm like getting there. The fact there. that you got to energy zone again at yeah. PB pace... Yeah. is really rad. The, 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 the fact, like, this, like the sub-11 is going to happen, and it's just mm-hmm. going to take a run where a lot of things don't conspire to fuck me over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like, there's so many things that can go wrong, but you just have to get everything to go right. Yeah, and, and there are things beyond your control, too, like, say... And yeah, the like, wall. Like, the wall, and then, oh, or, and the hangar, right at the end of the game. Uh, oh, uh, and then there's Waterfall Boyfriend. Waterfall Boyfriend who will gank your ass right at the top of the waterfall while it's... I got... You can't be mad at a death like that. You can't be mad at a death like that because it was just so out of nowhere. He just came up and just pop. And, like, if you watch the video, like, when my character's spinning... Like, right when he spins around to where his head's at the bottom of the sprite is where the bullet connects. So the, so the guy <laughs> technically got a headshot, too. Again, don't ever speedrun, people. It's, it, it's bad for you. I think the thing with speedrunning is, is that it's pretty much always going to be kind of, like, repetitious. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Have things that are outside of your control, and you're just kind of banging your head against this wall. Yeah, and like, part of that if you part of that is like, oh, this I'm just wasting time. Da, 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 da. But on the other hand, that kind of repetitious play can be really fun and satisfying. Yeah, when you're like, just all right. Here's this really tough challenge. I'm gonna just keep having banging my head against it until I get past it. And there's something kind of meditative and nice about yeah. that. I think. Yeah, like I get super fucking salty. Um, 
But yeah, you do. I get super fucking salty, but at the same time, like after a stream, it's just like I've already let it go. Like it's whatever. You know, that's good. It, it's gonna happen. Shit's gonna yeah. blow up in your face. That that's just what speedrunning is. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little bit of that when I was doing the trying to beat Mario Land in one life. <laughs> yeah, like, that's exactly what speedrunning is. Mm hmm. It took like 30 tries. <laughs> it was great. As Poor. far as the repetition goes, it kind of reminds me of when I was doing the Toho extra stages. Yeah. Which are just 15 minute death gauntlets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I never did any of the Toho extra stages, but I sure did the Project N33 <laughs> extra <laughs> stage, which I think is similar and very fun. Well, it's obviously inspired by... Yeah, yeah so. it literally has Toho music during it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, speed, speed running's still happening. I'm still doing that. We're going to get sub-11 at some point, I'm sure. Kick ass. And once I get sub-11, I'm probably just going to move on to another game for a bit. Like Super I, C. I, oh, no, not immediately. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna, maybe get something lighter. Yeah, I'm either gonna move to uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which is a super fun run, or uh, Jackal, one of the two. Awesome. Kai, one life clear. There you go. I'll do that. <laughs> Operation Kiss All the Boys. We'll do. Uh, uh, that would actually be interesting to route out. Yeah, it would be. I did. We we put in sequence breaks actually. Yeah. At least one. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Rhett, we got your speed run. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself a timer ready. Let's go. I did something. What'd you do? I put out a game. A fucking another one? Yeah, I know, Did right? we just talk about this like two weeks ago, three weeks ago or something? No, I'm finishing up projects that I started like months ago or years ago. Yeah? I remember in February you were like, okay, ZZT. two games coming this month. Yep. Yeah, I know. But, you know. <laughs> I finished them. To be fair, to be fair, John did say you know three games by like the first half of the year though. So, I think I said like three months from December I'm gonna have three more games, and I was like, oh, that's not happening. That's and, probably and, a bad. That's probably a bad thing to try and uh, put put a deadline on. Exactly, and then I but then you know within that first half of the year I put out all the projects I had in mind, so I'm feeling cool. good about it. Cool. And we're most of the way done with another one. Yep. Yep. So what do you uh what 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 what's the new game? It's called Atop the Witch's Tower. It is a ZZT game, which is a which is a um DOS epic game by Tim Sweeney. Mm -hmm. Um and it's an ASCII-based grid game with um very rudimentary action and a lot of puzzle solving mm -hmm. and it is um it's notable because it has a lot of text um and a lot of capacity for text and a lot of capacity for like weird, interesting scripted scenarios. So if you play the old ZZT game, um, it's kind of interesting in how it manages to express a lot with the space. It feels like um, a weird RPG maker game, but in ASCII. Yeah, kinda. yeah. It's kind of like old, old, old roguelikes, but evolved. Yeah. Um, just less mechanics, more. Yeah. Like putting Stairway to Heaven lyrics into the game. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, and I got, and the thing that's special about ZZT is that it has an extremely robust level editor. Yeah, um, like, I've, I've taken a look, just kind of, like, <laughs> since uh, it came out and just kind of, like, done some reading up on it. And, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a lot more, like, the games may look simple, but it's just like, yeah, there's a lot of shit that goes into that. Um, well, mainly it's just that 
Um, if you just stick to the default objects and everything, it stays pretty simple. Yeah. But it's um, when you kind of want to, like... You, you can create more. custom objects. Yeah, that's when you kind of get real um, um, uh, advanced with it. Mm-hmm. And the custom objects have their own, like, programming language. Yep. Uh, oh, jeez. And the games themselves are editable, um, and that come with the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, maybe not so much, maybe not the games that come with it, but all the, there's a ton of other games you can look at, other ZZ2 games. You, you can just look straight at the code. Um, and yeah, you know, there's just an extremely robust programming language built into the game for making custom objects with any character sprite you want. And then um, Alexis Jansen released a, a couple years after ZZT, um, or se- several years after it, um, released the Super ZZT Toolkit, which just gives you access to a ton of colors that aren't in ZZT by default. You only can use eight colors by default. And um, she made it so you could use the full 255 um, color palette. Nice. Um, so that I used that, and I used um, looked at a bunch of code for other games, and I made Atop the Witch's Tower, which is a game where you are a witch, and you're sacrificing a princess, and you're getting prepped up to do that. Games always have such, like... Real, you know, lovey-dovey themes to them. Mm, it feels a, uh, it feels a little like Spider's Hollow, just as far as like something <laughs> as a successor. But it's a lot nicer than that game, I think. Yeah, just a bit. Puzzles. There's a block mm-hmm. pushing puzzle. Fuck block pushing puzzle. Like I'm never, <laughs> I'm never playing another video game of block pushing puzzles. <laughs> if a game has a block pushing puzzle in it from now on, I'm just, I'm, I just like that's it. We're done. Ah, uh, well, you should like some more games for me. Um, but yeah, it's real sweet and gay and nice, and it's a ZZT game that I'm really, really proud of, and I wound up putting way more work into it than I thought I was going to. Um, I think it turned out really good, and you can play it online on your browser, um, thanks to archive.org. They got a Um, cool emulator. Yes, they do. So go to farawaytimes.com, and you can play my really neat little ZZT games, ZZT game. It's pretty um, good. It's pretty good, except except yeah. the block pushing puzzle part. <laughs> no, that that part's really good. Um, no, that, that part. I told a DM John saying I just said "God damn it" out loud, really loud during that part. <laughs> was it "God damn it"? it was it "God damn it" because you saw it was a block pushing puzzle, or when you solved no, it? It was "God damn it" when I like I pushed it the wrong way for like the seventh time in a row. Oh <laughs> yeah, I just, see that was like, me. Like I sent him just like. I sent him a DM at probably around the same time. It's like I fucking hate block pushing puzzles. <laughs> and then like three, and then three hours later, like I get a message. So did you finish it? No, I hate block pushing puzzles. I'll finish it tomorrow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it took a few minutes. Took a few minutes on that. Um, but yeah, I had a good time. I had a good time making that game, and I think it turned out really good. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, I re- yeah, I made it because I read Anna Anthropy's um, ZZT book mm-hmm. through a couple times, and yeah. it was pretty inspiring, and it got me interested in playing a bunch of other cool ZZT games like um, Kudzu and Star Wench and a handful of other ones. I think I mentioned them in the review. Yeah, while. yeah. So yeah, Atop the Witch's Tower. Go play it on my website. Go play it. It's pretty good. Faraway Times. Farawaytimes.com. Rhett! Hi. What have you been up to lately? I watched some anime, <gasps> which is a anime from Japan. You did I think what? You, I think you watched some anime that I want to watch. I watched Attack on Titan Season 2. 
Uh-oh, I'm completely going to be out of the loop here. Uh, well, I wasn't going to really talk specifics, because, you know, this finished, right? like literally just finished airing, like, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, like, like I was watching an anime with some people last night, and they were about ready to jump right into Uh-oh. this episode, and I was, you know, like, the latest episode, I was like, guys, no, wait, 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 let me get out of here. I need to yeah. watch the first season first. It is on my <laughs> list of things to do. Man, so I just looked it up. The first season was 2013. Yep. It's actually yep. longer ago than I thought. So it's been a while. I guess when I watched it. When? Last year. It was in 2013. Oh. Yeah. I watched season one when it aired. Ugh. And, you know, it's it's a, I thought it was maybe a little overrated. It's like the show is just kind of pulpy trash maybe but it's yeah. also a very easy fun watch well it's kind mm. of like the, the the same way that i kind of look at code geos is it's pulpy yeah. dumb trash but it's trash that you kind of feel okay uh, about the first half of season one of code geos is had such amazing potential. yeah and then it became fucking garbage trash yeah. and then you watch r2 just to see oh yeah you, you only watch you only watch to see how stupid it gets and how That's just bad a train the... falling off a bridge at that point. <laughs> yeah. It is long overshot the tracks. Yeah, it's way off the rails. But King just, Rocket! Just gotta keep watching. So, Attack on Titan Season 1 aired in 2013, and it's like... They maybe got caught a bit flat-footed by the success because they had to wait, you know, four years to do another season. Because I just guess at that point they just didn't have the material, you know? More than, yeah. Manga. But I looked, and season two goes all the way up to chapter 50 of the manga, and they're up to chapter, like, 94 now, so... Oh, jeez. <laughs> there's, like, more, huh? There's way more. This is going to be going for a bit. Oh, so, my. like, right after season two, they, they announced season three, and it's, I think it's going to be another 25 episodes, so that might put them pretty close to where the manga is right now. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how, good. How does it compare? Hmm? How does it compare with season one? It's weird to... Like compare them because season two is only twelve episodes. True, and and it starts like literally m- minutes, seconds after season one ends. Like oh. I've never seen a show just pick right the fuck up. G- yeah, it literally just says episode twenty six. It doesn't even do like season two episode one. It's just mm. nope. This is chapter twenty six now. It's continuing on immediately, and then like the whole season takes place over like a day and a half or something like it just Excellent. goes dang i mean that's sort of attack on titan's jam is that they will take these like single conflicts that take place over like a day and yeah. then they'll just stretch on for like eight episodes or something yeah so i can't imagine watching the show week to week because it's just like in every individual episode it feels like nothing happens oh, but no. then when you kind of look at the whole season as a whole you go oh that was a pretty good arc but like man the pacing on the show is kind of wacky. Yeah, it takes its mm-hmm. time, definitely. Yeah, but it's, so it's like weird it, though. <laughs> so it takes its thing. time, but it's never boring. Like it's mm-hmm. always like edge of your seat. Like, oh god, gotta see what happens next. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then this show, I swear to God, though, season two, it like will do anything to end every episode on a cliffhanger. Oh, and this is the one thing that kind of drove me mm-hmm. nuts is because. It'll, like, end an episode on a cliffhanger, and then the next episode will start and then go, by the way, 12 hours earlier with a different group of characters, and it's like, no, you fuckers! (laughs) (laughs) 
and then so then like yes. by the very end of the episode it gets back to the cliffhanger and you're like ah this is infuriating at times and then like the season itself kind of ends on a tease yeah, but like on the bigger like <laughs> like on the bigger you know uh, the bigger picture like shows that work like that are actually pretty good because of that tension that they create. I mean, I remember, yeah. I remember fucking, like, the last episode of Death Note, waiting for that to happen was kind oh, of God. like, it was murder! Yeah. Murder. <laughs> so the show... So the, it's only tense because it's engrossing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you yeah. don't care. Yeah, basically. Like, it's an easy watch. So, like, I started watching it like two days before the finale aired, mm-hmm. and I was like, I probably won't be caught up by the time the finale airs. And then, like, Oh, 24 hours later, I'm caught up, and I have one ep- I have two episodes left. You like, binge-watched the whole thing I, in a day. I bin- yeah, I really did. But then I had to, I literally had to wait a day for the last episode. Oh, poor you. I, I, I know. <laughs> poor baby. I'm so glad you got through it okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the, oh, my God. The last two episodes, though, were just like... It builds to this ridiculous climate. I'm like, hearing lots of good things. There, the, there yeah. people are saying like the kind of things I like to hear about kind of things being real big and real stupid. Maybe there's mm. a scene in the last episode where like a character has a revelation, and then a, a Japanese song starts playing. You know, it's <laughs> it's super anime, and you're just like fist pumping, fuck yeah. <laughs> And it takes so, itself so seriously. Oh too. god, so yeah. Earnest. It's completely sincere. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, I like that. It's it's really owning what it is. And like, and like the main three characters who don't get as much focus on in the season, like Aaron and Mikasa, are just such simple characters. It's like Aaron is just one hundred percent driven by hate. <laughs> like mm. he is like <laughs> Goku, like. You know, Goku gets su- goes Super Saiyan originally because he's super pissed off. Like, Eren is that, like, times a million. That's mm-hmm. all he cares about is killing the Titans. And then mm-hmm. Mikasa is just 100% driven by love for Eren. Oh, Aaron. my God. So she just goes fucking Yandere as soon as he's remotely in danger. Yandere! Let's go Yandere! Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm gonna go Yandere. <laughs> Rina Rugu is my favorite oh, Yandere! <laughs> But and they then definitely the third kid, right? And he like barely is in season. Gotcha. Two. <laughs> He's the smart one, but there's a lot of fighting, so he doesn't have to be smart this time. Gotcha. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, he's like usually he's like kind of thinking up the plans of what to do, and they don't really have time for plans this time because it's just they're flying by the seat of their pants, basically. Mm-hmm. So, but season two really starts to develop the side characters from season one, and like it all pays off in really, really good ways. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I'm quite excited for season three next year. Next yeah, year. We will, at least we won't have to wait four freaking years this time. Yeah, I was wondering about that because it's like if they've already done, you know, like if it took them four years to get to season two. Yeah. I think they wanted to have enough material and maybe to be able to pop off two seasons in yeah. a row. And maybe by the time season three is done, the manga will be finished and they can wrap it up. Oh, cool. Because I've heard the manga is, like, maybe starting to really get somewhere. Because oh, cool. originally, I heard people are like, oh, season two is going to be really bad. The manga goes to shit after season one. Uh-huh. And then that's definitely not the case so far. And, like, I've heard from manga cool. people that, like, the show has 
or the series has kind of pulled up from a slow spot. Mm. So maybe they kind of rushed through some lesser material. Maybe took some liberties here and there. Yeah, it does. Good. The show definitely doesn't feel like it though. Mm. So yeah, that shows good trash. <laughs> That's yeah, good. That's it's good. Such a fun watch. God, I haven't heard people just appreciating that because I I watched that first season. It was like, oh, this is oh, I like this a lot. It's and so then dumb. I spent, and then the next four years was, how do people like this garbage? I don't understand. My tastes are so much more sophisticated. <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah, it's nice to hear. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely it's kind of gore porny. It's parts where it's just like. <laughs> people get murdered in fucking horrible, vicious ways. That's true. Yeah, I know the show kind of indulges in that. This is the show where people are constantly being eaten by giant humans. Yeah. So, that's a thing. They just fucking pop them in head Violently. Yeah. It's like, this is literal literal, literal porn for John. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hmm? What? What? No. What? What? (laughs) I I didn't say nothing. I didn't say anything. Well, Yo! You've been watching any of that Japanese cartoons? I actually did. I watched a oh Japanese... Oh my god, what? I watched a Japanese cartoon! Last night, actually. <gasps> Just, like, right in time to have something to actually talk about this episode. <laughs> uh, has anybody heard of Koi no Katache or The Shape of the Voice? I read the comic version like five years ago or whenever. It oh came out. wow, yeah. So they did a movie adaptation of the uh, of the manga. Kind of from my, from my understanding, they kind of condense yeah. some things, kind of take out, uh, kind of make some of the more mm-hmm. more of the side characters a little less relevant over the. You know, it's 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 a movie that's you know a little over two hours of runtime, and it, it, it's still packed full of a lot of. Uh, stuff, uh, so to speak. Um, uh-huh. But it's a, a movie about... Uh, oh, man, it's got a rough start. It's about a, a deaf girl who uh, gets bullied. Um, well. And uh, you know how when we were talking about Watamote, where it was like, if at uh, any point that show had bullied Tomoko at all, it would have been unwatchable and unbearable? Uh-huh. The first twenty or so minutes of this movie uh-huh. are just like, oh my god! I want everybody in this movie <laughs> to fucking die. Yeah, I can see that. Oof! It gets off to a rough start, and and the, the story kind of centers around kind of the one of the main people that is harassing her uh, and just kind of doing really bad shit. Like, yeah kind of monster steals somebody's hearing aid and breaks it? Like, come Ugh. on! That's Ugh. fucked up. It's really fucked up! Ugh. And, um... And and you kind of get to the point to where he has to get transferred because it's, like, literally you are too much of a monster to be at this school even though you're not the only one in on this shit. Oh my god. But it's just like, he kind of like bears the brunt of having been the big piece of crap, even though a lot of the people in her class are pieces of crap who all need to be thrown in the garbage can. And um, you kind of do like a bit of a time jump to kind of later in high school where um, he's kind of like, 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 
everybody has kind of like turned on him. Um, so this is the main character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody's turned on him to you know, like even the people that you know are kind of no better than him. You know, I've, I've turned on him, and um, he he he's going through a point in life now where he just like just doesn't want anybody to be around him anymore and like and at the same time like he concocts this plan to like um like earlier in the movie like his mom you know in order to kind of make peace with the deaf girl's mom like she Mm -hmm. goes to their bank and withdraws a shit ton of money and pays her back for the 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 multiple broken hearing aids and and some and like having seen his mom do that is kind of something that kind of like triggered something in him, I suppose. And he kind of goes about like uh, on a kind of like man, I'm real fucked up. He goes and 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 goes on a sort of mission to kind of pay back that money uh, to his mom to kind of start making up for what he did. But his plan after making uh, all the money is to just kill himself because he thinks he's just a trash human being and isn't capable of anything better. Um, so it gets pretty heavy early on, uh, and you know it doesn't come to that. Um, but he does have to kind of start learning to like redeem himself to the people, you know, like not only just to other people that he's wrong, but more specifically this girl whose life he made like a living hell and. Um, of course, that all comes from, like, you know, going through high school, and of course, you know, you're gonna have, like, those anime-type interactions, like, oh, I ran in, like, I, now we're best friends with your sister somehow, uh, oh, look, like, I'm, like, your my mom likes your sister, and all that's fun, dumb stuff, it's just kind of gets really, you know, really kind of anime tropey at points, but never really, it, it doesn't really undermine what the story's trying to do. So they kind of, like, meet up again in high school, and they kind of start hanging out again, uh, despite, like, uh, you know, the deaf girl's, um, her sister, despite her sister's uh, insistence that, you know, you stay the fuck away, you know, like, her sister is actually posing as her boyfriend. Uh, like, she keeps her ca- hair cut short, speaks in low tone, huh. refers to herself using male pronouns, um, you know, to try and just, like, keep him away. But, like, he's driven to kind of, like, make everything up to her somehow. And um, as the plot kind of advances, like, he starts becoming more and more of a person. And you start kind of learning more and more about like, the things that she's going through, too, because, I mean, it's obviously not just him, the only one that has problems here, you know? I mean, this is a girl who was bullied through all of grade school, and, like, her only reaction to it was just, I'm sorry. Like, that, and it was, man, that shit's so hard to watch. Um, yeah. But, you know, she grows up with this intense self-loathing that she's really good at hiding, and, um, like, you know, the movie kind of advances and advances. Like, if I say too much more about, like, where the yeah. plot goes and stuff, like, it's gonna be complete spoiler dump, and I don't want to do that. Mm. It's just kind of like, I think it's like a movie that kind of gets a point across that it's just like, you know, like, people can be redeemable. Um, like, you can fuck up and make real big mistakes, 
And I think another lesson it's trying to get through is that, like, sometimes you've kind of really got to hit rock bottom in life in order to be able to, like, crawl back out of the hole again. Um, and I think that both characters kind of have those moments. They have mm-hmm. them in different ways. Um, and um, it doesn't end up like a sappy love story or anything. It's actually, which I was thankful it didn't because it, I don't think that it fit that way. It, mm-hmm. it, it it wouldn't have settled right for me, I don't think. Um, it's more of just like people kind of learning to live with their past and moving past it because you can be a better person. We can all be better people, even if we've been shit. Uh, and I think that that's like a, a, a cool little lesson uh, to get from a, a movie like that. I think it's a really cool lesson. Cool. That makes me a lot more interested in it. I didn't know any of the context around it. Yeah, yeah, and cool. it's and, and it definitely from talking to people that have read the manga version, it seems like this is still like you know you don't have to have read the manga to enjoy this movie because it's still like very briskly paced despite the fact that it's like two hours and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still got a nice brisk pace to it that doesn't feel like it's trying to rush itself. Um, and but I never really felt like I was missing out on anything either. Like I don't know exactly what I missed from the manga, but I never. But like usually, like if you watch Higurashi or something, you feel like okay, I'm not getting the full story here somehow. Like you can mm-hmm. definitely feel the holes there somewhere. Uh, but with this, I never really felt that I was missing anything. Uh, even though, like, I probably am going to go back and read the manga because I think that. Uh, some elaboration on some of the cider characters and stuff like that I think would actually be uh, kind of cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. That's really cool. What was the name of the, the English release again? Uh, the Shape of Voice. The Shape of Voice, cool. Koei no Katachi. Uh, or cool. a silent voice. Or a silent oh, voice. Oh, that might yeah. be... That's, okay, that's the one I've heard a bunch. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, I was going by the Japanese... My, <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, and to clarify, there's a seven-volume manga from 2013, mm-hmm. but originally it was a one-shot. Yeah, it was a one-shot, yeah. And that's that's the one I read. <laughs> oh, you read gotcha. the one-shot? Yeah. Okay. So that, And then I'm like, oh, I, I thought it was a love story, jeez. <laughs> I'm sure they took some liberties with the, you know, the version that's 64 times longer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to bet that that's probably where <laughs> the longer version goes. Um, yeah. But, like, I was glad that this kind of, like... There's probably hints of it there in the movie, but I'm glad they didn't kind of like make that. Oh, they're kissing at the end. I'm glad they, I'm glad they didn't go that route. It's more of just yeah. like, let's finish out high school and like you know enjoy the benefits of actually understanding friendship and things like that. Okay. So that is Koei no Katachi. This is a silent voice. Like I'm pretty sure like the movie's out in English now. It might be, I don't know, like, I think the movie only I think came I, out. Yeah, once. I think I did come out here. Yeah. Did you it, watch it subbed or dubbed? We watched it subbed. Good. <laughs> oh, get off it. Weeby God. Weberson. The thing, the thing for, um, that one, uh, Shinkai movie that mm-hmm. we really liked, mm-hmm. um, the, the theater thing said dubbed, and we went there and it was subbed, and we were like, ah, dang it. God. That was you a good know- you know why I didn't see that movie in theaters? Why, why didn't you see it? Because it said dubbed? Because my dad would want to see it dubbed and I want to see it subbed. Oh my god. Irreconcilable. Irreconcilable. Clubs are good. They've been so many good dubs lately. Yeah, like dubs have come a very, very long way. Yeah. 
Oh. We should go, we should talk about that at length for the next twenty minutes, right? Exactly. But uh, no. Okay. Hey, how about instead I talk about two video games I played? Okay, well let's talk about some video games you played. What are uh, you... these are both so I'm talking about two video games. I want to talk about Magic Wand by the Catamites and B Swing by Jack King Spooner. Uh-huh. Because they're extremely similar and both uh, just a couple hours long. Uh-huh. Um, and about five bucks online. Mm. Um so if you Google Magic Wand, you can kind of see the aesthetic. It's styled, if you played the Catamites games, um, uh, they made um, Space Funeral, which is a game I like, um, Murder Dog 4, a bunch of cool tiny games. Mm-hmm. Um, and ones that I've kind of struggled to connect with emotionally, I haven't really, really latched on to any Catamites games, is right. sort of my thing. Um, and this is one that I've been eyeballing for a long time because it's Magic Wand. It's styled after old JRPGs, um, but instead of being on a 2D world, it is a 3D, basically little dior. The maps are 3D dioramas made of blocks and little dopey sprites, and you spin the camera around with the mouse and move around. I like um, it. I like it when dopey is used as a positive. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like I, that I like that word being used in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Because I think it is positive. Um, and this game is so. This is a game where you the combat system is super basic, um, and you're basically just exploring these little diorama worlds. Hmm. Uh, and I fucking hated this game. Oh, <laughs> oh whoa! Wait a minute, what? <laughs> oh no! Wait a minute. Um, this is... You are John Thire, right? Yeah. Um, I closed the... When I hit the credits, I closed the thing and stormed out of the room going, what a fucking waste of time. <laughs> I Wait was a minute. so mad. I'm so, conf- I'm so confused. Um, so, this game had... I think um, there is no plot to the game. Like, that's okay, right? Wait, that wait, makes wait, sense. wait, 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 wait. So would you say this is a B-swing and a miss? No, B-Swing, B-Swing's good. I'm talking about Magic Wand. Oh, man. That's our Spell fizzled. Yeah. <sighs> um, I tried. So I try to save this podcast sometimes, but... <laughs> <sighs> so, no plot. Mm-hmm. There are no characters, really. Um, the dialogue is all deliberately nonsensical. Oh, there's a lot of fun... There are some cute jokes, basically. Yeah. Um, like, the first dungeon is a whole world where everyone is being paid in pots, and you run through smashing all the pots, like in Zelda. Um, you're smashing capitalism! No, you're not. No, no. <laughs> um, Giving it too much credit. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's also not... So, there's no plot or structure or anything like that, or characters. Mm-hmm. So, this is a game where you explore... Mm-hmm. Right? Um, constantly in this game, you run into one-way doors that oh. take you from one area and spit you out in the next area, and there's no way back. Um, I was in... There's a big world map you get spat out in near the very beginning of the game, mm-hmm. and I explored it for about ten minutes, and then left, and then couldn't go back. Oh. And, went, and then I got spat out in another world map. Um... And this happened a couple times before I'd fully explored the areas, so mm-hmm. I just gonna be like, alright, well, that's that. Um, so, this game doesn't want you to engage with it on a plot level. 
because it's a silly nonsense game. Yeah. It doesn't want you to engage with it on any kind of like mechanical level because you can't die. Um, if your HP hits below zero, it just goes into negative numbers. <laughs> okay. Uh, there are just, no puzzles. Just sounds unfinished. Um, no, it's very deliberate, I think. Um, and you don't develop any relationship with the spaces because you're constantly leaving them and never going back yeah, to them again. Yeah, like if everything's a one-way door and you're never coming back. Yeah, and then it ends without any... You can collect... Um, some. If you break pox, you get money. And then yeah. on a few places, you can buy capsules and collect capsules at using the money. And I had like five out of like uh, 150 at the end. This sounds so, like, and then this sounds that like was the, the most end. nihilistic game ever. That's that's exactly where I'm building. I <laughs> I think the idea of this game is that it thinks RPGs are kind of like pointless a joke and pointless. Yeah. So it went out of its way to make the most pointless and uninvolving RPG possible. Um, and it feels extremely sharp and deliberate at achieving that intent. Mm. And it was effective at it because I didn't realize that it was completely pointless until I finished the game. Like oh. I, kept ex- I kept expecting there to be like some drop for the whole two hours I played it. Some point. Yeah. Um, and it never came. And then when I realized it was not that it, there was no point and it hit me violently. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what the game was trying to do. Um, so the game was kind of a big middle finger to me, and I'm going to give a big middle finger to the game, and I hate it. <laughs> there you go. So, why does this not work, but something like Yume Nikki does? Because I think Yume Nikki has... Because, A, in Yume Nikki, you do develop a relationship with the yeah, space. Yeah, you do go... It's all connected, you're right. There are one-way doors, but, like, you can wake up at any time and then go back. Like, you're making sense of this space, and also the space is extremely thematically loaded i think yeah yeah it's very enjoyable as abstract art um i never really sensed any i never had any emotional connection with really any of magic wand spaces there's one spot where you crack open a crystal ball and then wake up in kind of like a nightmare type area and it was something like jarring like oh this is the point right but then i walked around for a little bit and then got spat out in a new area and then that was then i just continued on um there's a train thing that was kind of pretty um, and eventually you, you find the magic wand out of nowhere at the end and then the game ends yeah this is really <laughs> just commentary on RPGs being shit yeah and I read and then I talked about this with some game dev friends and then I was like oh yeah this person loves RPGs because they think they're total nonsense and and linked some essays to that effect and I was like oh okay um, cool I still hate it <laughs> so yeah and I feel really bad because um, I like Space Funeral um, and the Catamites has said some nice things about some of my games in the past so I Aww. don't want to so I feel like a bit of a poop head but gonna be sending this portion of the podcast right to them right <laughs> afterward <laughs> and they might be like exactly as intended <laughs> more than likely I think that's kind of what the, what the reaction would be I loaded up the YouTube trailer for this game and there's a comment that I love. It says, this game looks remarkably like it wants to kill itself. Because <laughs> this game certainly has an interesting look to it. I love the look. They never do anything interesting with it. Yeah. like it's Every just... 
every screen looks like the one that you see in the trailer. The train's cool, um, but there's never like a point where you have to like nav where navigating it is challenging. Right. So do you not even talk to NBCs or anything? Cause no, you talk like... to NB- talk to NBCs, but um, all their lines are hmm. deliberately disengaging. Yeah, because the to trailer the point... is just them walking from one side of an area to the other, and then I guess no, that you... is the game. Like, there's nothing to engage with. It seems like. Um, I took a bunch of screenshots of lines that that were cute. Uh, most of them were, like, a person says, "Hey, can you go take this thing to this other person for me?" And then your person says, "I don't have any pockets. Sorry." <laughs> okay. And another one. And another one where a person says, "I finally come from a th- from a hundred. Uh, I've been chasing you for all this time, and now I'm going to kill you. Can't this wait?" So like, uh, it brings up these RPG tropes just to dismiss them. Which feeds into sort of the nihilistic narrative of it. We're like, haha, let's uh-huh, just... It's all for nothing. Let's just, yeah. Press space yeah. to win. Press space to win, there you go. And it has um, the little arrows over all the points where you can exit the map. Just like um, Final Fantasy VII when you press select. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you just move, you just explore everything. And then at some point I realized that I didn't have to explore because There's there was no never point. any point to it. So it was really depressing because I was just coming off of Yume Nikki, which was, I was like, oh, I'd love more of that. But then it was like the opposite of Yume Nikki. Yeah. Um, and then I booted up B-Swing um, by Jack King Spooner. Um, if you look at this, this also has a quirky aesthetic where everything is um, like hand-drawn or models or yeah. play models or something. Um, and it feels very nostalgic um, in a way. And the character sprite changes depending on the different areas. So you have a bunch of different clashing aesthetics that wind up working really well together. Yeah. Um, and I really, really like this game a lot. I thought it was very good. Um, because for a number of reasons. Um, because the do- I think um, the thing that would be the biggest obstacle to people enjoying it, just based on the thing, is that based on my knowledge, like YouTube, for instance, is that the dialogue is very, um, not flowery, but, like, every person you talk to has, like, a big philosophical monologue they want to share. Oh, boy. And I get why that, I get why that is, <laughs> kind of, can be kind of offensive, but, like... So it's near Automata. Um, not quite. <laughs> um, so the pros may definitely great, um, to start with, but... Coming off a magic wand, it was nice to have, like... Meaning and thoughts. Yeah, like, where magic wand, the dialogue was like, let's be as asinine as possible. This Mm. is, let's be as thoughtful as possible to the point that it can be kind of, like, unorganic and grating. I like that one of the the bullet points on the Steam page is, old people! (laughs) And sad bits! And then the, and and not much more. The best games have sad bits, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is a big. This is the narrator's. This is the author of the game's hometown. Yeah. You're yeah. Um, you are visiting your hometown after being away for many years. So everything has changed just a little bit, and a lot of things have stayed the same. Mm-hmm. And you're walking around and seeing how things have changed. Who's passed away? Who's um, what what life events have transpired mm. um, just the passage of time is deeply felt in every 
facet of the world, basically. And I think like the art style kind of helps prove, like, 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 like back that up in a way. Yeah. And I think with the art style and the prose, it it kind of all comes together in a sense of like this isn't really literally a representation of the hometown. This yeah. is this is the feelings that this hometown inspires in the in the narrator in the yeah. creator of the game. Yeah. Um, and where Magic Wand had no structure, you just move from place to place to place mm-hmm. to place. End game. Um, and no, so no driving, no threads to latch onto whatsoever, which feels like, which is kind of like a triumph in a way to accomplish that, to yeah. have absolutely nothing. To actually make nothing, but still have a game that's almost three hours. Yeah, and then have something you keep playing, and then keep not realizing there's nothing. <laughs> I um, like that one of the reviews is also, quote-unquote, self-important posturing. Three out of five, <laughs> kills three. This is for B-Swing on the, on the Steam page. Yep. He did, he did the Undertale thing where he had a bunch of... Negative, negative reviews. Negative sound bites. Um, this might have been before Undertale, I can't remember. This was um, 2014, I think. Okay, cool. Um, so the first thing is that this game has a very defined structure in the sense that you open up your notepad, the menu, and it's like, hey, here's some... At the start of B-Swing, and hey, here's some things you can do in this game. It's people you can talk to, stories you can hear, and you'll run into them if you just walk around long enough. Mm -hmm. And then once you experience those bits, it crosses them off the list. Yeah. From the very start of the game, you can walk to the bus stop right outside your town and then leave. And then that ends, and it goes to credits. Nice. Um, so, again, where Magic Wand was like, when is, where is this going? B-Swing is like, oh, this is where it's going. You will eventually leave the town once. So, suddenly it was just, it kind of like took the weight off me a bit, where it's just like, all right, I will explore this place for exactly as long as, as you need to. Yeah, like until you're satisfied and done. Mm-hmm. And you, you can check off all the, all the things. A few of the things near the bottom of the list are kind of obtuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're having trouble with them, then you can just leave. Um, and finish the game and feel satisfied. So, it got to a point where I was walking around this really, really, really gorgeous world that you do have to actually develop a relationship with because there's no fucking one-way doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that, like... Every fifth character or something basically has this, like, pretty resonant Russian short story. Ah. Oh. <laughs> like, like, 19th century Russian short story. Nice. That's the vibe I was getting from a bunch of this shit. Just check off as shit. Yeah. Um, where I would just talk to an NBC who is, like, a beautiful... Um, a grandmother who had... Um, who was very beautiful and then had a very ugly child and resented that child's ugliness for their whole life. And then that child had a beautiful baby and now <laughs> they finally have the beautiful child that they always wanted. Oh my God. But the, and then the, but then their, her initial ugly child doesn't appreciate the child's beauty and resents her and resents it. And it's like, whoosh, whoosh. Um, this like, immigrant girl who was like saving up money for a doll um, while waiting at like customs or something by every day um, checking the change machine at the Coca-Cola. Oh, to see if there was any spare change left. 
and then getting the change and then saving it in a little matchbox. And then after many weeks, um, finding out that one of the other people had stolen her matchbox. And then that was it. <laughs> and Sad bits. Yeah. So, like, again, instead of no impl- explicitly no meaning anywhere, it is just as much, like, thought shoved into every corner as possible. Yeah, yeah. So I wound up exploring this the world longer than I did Magic Wands, um, just even though I could leave at any time, just because there was a lot to soak in. And again, it's really, really pretty. And there's a little framing device at the very start of the game mm-hmm. um, that you revisit in the middle, and then it comes back in the very end, and it ties it all together into a really kind of neat, lovely thematic bow of, oh, this is what this guy, this is what this is all thinking about. This is what this game is about. Oh, oh, oh. And then it ends. <laughs> so it's like, so, we got nihilism, and then life is sad and awful. No, because that's the thing, is that it comes, is that it's like, it's very much refuting that in a really lovely way, I thought. Okay. Um, yeah, I really loved B-Swing a lot. I think it's worth checking out. It's on Steam. I th- Oh, and it's free in browser now. Um, about a month and a half, about two months ago, um, mm. Jackie Spooner put it out for free so that everyone can play it. Well, there you go. You can play it in your browser now, for free. Yeah, so B-Swing, one word, that's the name of the town. Play that, you can find it online for free. Magic Wand is like four bucks on itch.io if you want it. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, recommendations for both of those. <laughs> hey, Rhett! Uh, uh, so, little side story. Just now, while we were taking a five-minute break, mm-hmm. uh, I, went, I went to the bathroom, and there was a bee in there, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, no, that's a problem. So, I'm not allergic to bees, as far as I know, but, you know, I want to get him out of the house. Obviously. And he, he's just buzzing around, not even anywhere near the window. Take so, a swing at it? So, I take, like, the screen off the window, and I'm kind of trying to use it to push him towards it, and he's just like, nope, nope, nope. And then he finally lands on, like, a bottle of toothpaste. Mm-hmm. And I just throw it out the fucking window. <laughs> I was just like, okay, that's good enough. Fine. Bye. Fuck it. I got him out safely. I feel fine. Don't need any fucking clean teeth anyway. Clean teeth are for well, losers. I'll get it later. And there's a couple in there. The thing's gonna have ants and shit all over it. You're okay. not, not going to want okay. that toothpaste back. I wasn't going to say this part because it makes the story less funny. The it actually got caught on like the metal bar of the window frame, so oh. it did. It didn't actually fall, and I saw the bee fly away. Oh, okay. See, you you've ruined the joke. And I. Different. All right. I, we're gonna, okay. I'm, but I I pushed it with intent to get it all the way out of the window I've, from the second floor. I am now the number one criminal to comedy, so I will be firing myself <laughs> from the podcast I'm just after gonna, this. I'm just gonna rewind my mental brains and just imagine that Red threw toothpaste out the window, yeah. and then it hit like a really shitty person on the head on the way down, and then the beast. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's... They're like, ah! Right after, like, kicking a puppy or something. It's, it, 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 it on the way down. Remind me to beep that out later. <laughs> you probably should. Yeah. Uh, so for a while, I've been kind of bouncing off a lot of games, and like I kind of finished my list of games I really wanted to play. 
So mm. I've been looking for something really long to sink my teeth into. Mm-hmm. And kind of Saga 2. And try ugh. <laughs> and, and maybe kind of drag me away from PSO2 a bit. Uh, so, and a couple weeks ago, a game on Steam was on sale called Black Desert Online, I think. Ooh. That was like six bucks on Steam, and it's an MMO with no subscription fee. And I'm like, oh, try hmm. Hmm. And then I looked at reviews, and they were like super polarizing. Oh. Like people, and like people saying it's grindy, and then like, and then the deal breaker for me is that the classes are divided by gender. Oh, fuck that. But yeah, so it's like, oh, males are, you know, the sorcerer, and then women are the, you know, mage class or something. So it's like similar enough, but like they do have differences. I'm just like, ah, whatever. So, anyways, I started playing the game that no one has ever actually finished, besides Xenoblade, which I am guilty of starting and never finishing. Yeah. I started playing Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Oh, I've heard people say a few things about that game. Like that it's super long? Yeah. Because it's super long. That's what I've heard. This game is insanely, insanely big and long. And I'm like... Like your penis. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, there's a tutorial area that you get through in about three or four hours. Uh And then you kind of see the world map and it's like... Okay, th- you've got three areas here. This one's recommended for level fives. This one's recommended for level tens. And this one's and you can recommended just go into it whenever for level fifteens. Yeah, but you can go That's to anyone you want. Awesome. But uh, so I went to the level five area, even though I was only level three at the at the start. But you know, I'd done the tutorial. There wasn't anything else for me to do. Uh, I was about at about like twenty four hours played by the time I finished through that area. Oh, oh, Ooh, wow! This game is fucking long. So apparently, so and then by the end of the, like that twenty four hours, I was like level twelve. Like, and since then, my levels to hours played ratio has actually gone down from a level every two hours. Yeah, like now, this game is something that I heard people talking about when it was released. It was just like yeah. you don't gain levels in this game, like ever. I'm like level mm-hmm. six, sixteen or seventeen now at like forty five hours played. Like it's not. <laughs> So, and apparently, so, like, you have those three areas, and you you might be thinking the game's almost over at that point, and apparently, once you finish the third one, it goes, end of act one. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. This game Whew. is overwhelming, in a way. That's, but like, which, that's it's fine. It's really good. And yeah. it's like, yeah. It's the, hey, this is going to take, like, 200 hours if you actually want to do everything. And I got the Game of the Year edition with the DLC. Oh, God. The second one is apparently, like, 30 hours by itself. Oh, my God. So this is your, like, the rest of the year project. Practically. It definitely could be. (laughs) And, like, God, I don't even know what to talk about or even where to start, but, like... Everything in this game is really good, except maybe the main combat. Like, the actual combat system is just kind of simple. Like, you can kind of just mash X. It's not yeah, like... that's kind of what it looked oh, like. Final Fantasy 15. I think yeah. that's kind of what they, like... Because The Witcher 2 and The Witcher 1 had combat systems that were just, like, really deep and intricate. Yeah. And since they were really aiming for the console market with this one, it sounds like they dumbed down the combat, but in turn, they also kind of, like, upped the quality of the content as well as the amount of content. Oh, they definitely upped the amount of content, because I, I have played and beat Witcher 2, mm-hmm. and, like, the combat in that wasn't totally dissimilar, but it was a lot harder. Yeah. 
And then Witcher 1, like, the combat in it is inscrutable to me. Impenetrable. Like, yeah, I went through the tutorial and it was just like, what? Like, you stances and high, low. And it's Witcher 1's, like, almost like a top-down thing when yeah. it comes to the combat and, like, turn-based. It's super weird compared to the others. But Witcher 3 is kind of like, ah, you can just mash X if you want. And, like, they have a difficulty that's, like, called Just the Story, where, like... You basically can't lose the combat. You're not allowed having things like that. It makes games accessible to people who don't necessarily play games all the time. Uh huh. But like, it totally kind of makes sense in this game because this game is basically just an adventure game. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like. Because uh, like, it's all story. So much of it is story and quests. Like you, I don't think you really get experience from killing enemies. You might like literally get one e- exp or something. And then quests will give, like, 25 to 100. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just the EXP from quests and stuff. Yeah. And that's how they balance the leveling, because you... And you'd never want to grind, and there's not even actually many enemies out in the overworld. Like, it's all quests and dialogue wheels. Not dialogue wheels, but choices and choices that matter and quests that will make you feel like shit afterwards. Like, it, I definitely had a string of quests a bit towards the end of the first area, where it's just like, boy, this is... This is going for the jugular in some parts, kind of like Nier did with all of its side quests. Yeah, it's, those, oh, those side quests are pretty near side yeah. side quests are pretty miserable. This this definitely gets in that realm. There was one where I just like basically cried at the end. Like, this is too pissed. fucking dark. Yeah. There's one about so the story in the game is that there's a war happening, and like the con- like the invaders came from the south and they took over the country kind of in the middle of the map, which is where the previous game took place. Mm-hmm. So Tamaria as a country doesn't exist anymore. Right. You're just in no man's land. Like, and they're really playing up like that. You're kind of in the no man's land between these two armies. So like this main area at the start is just been fucked up and ravaged. And like, it's all like, you know, kind of burnt out houses and graveyards and battlefields. Yeah. It's like a husk mm-hmm. of a world yeah. that used to be here. Yeah. So one of the quests is, like, a mom asks you to find her son who's in the army. This is going to go go well, I bet. Oh, yeah. So you go talk to the commander, and he's like, well, we hung some deserters over here. Why don't you go look there? Oh, good. So you look, and you find him, because he's like, oh, he's the one with bright red hair. And you find him, and he's, you know, he's been hung for being a deserter. Mm. And then you reach into his pocket and find a letter where he's just talking about the horrors of war and he can't deal with it anymore. And it's just, oh, God. Oh, So, like, wow. he didn't want to continue to kill people, so he fled and then got caught and killed. And then you go talk Jeepers. to... So you get go back to his mom and the options are, like, he died a hero or you hand her the letter to tell her he was a deserter. So, yeah, it's... That's <laughs> so uncomfy. Yeah. The good shit. Yeah, so like that's part, that's good. That's good yeah. fucking storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So a, lot, a lot of the side quests are good little feel bad vignettes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so is this is this near automata side quest the video game? No, they're not all, and there's a because the like literally the entire game is side quests. They're not all horrible, make you feel bad stories. Which near I was just wondering by the end. Yeah, but yes. like also, is there there's more going on than just like. Walking to uh, walking to people and talking to them, or I don't know. There's more. Yeah, the side quest. There's more to them than the side quests in near Automata, just mechanically. 
I would imagine. I would say, yeah, but they you do sort of see uh, similar patterns where a lot of it is like there's a lot of Batman vision basically because Witcher senses can track things. So yeah. there's a lot of like following these footprints that highlight in bright red or following mm-hmm. this trail of scent, you know? Yeah. And then sometimes people will just tell you where to go and you kind of look around. Mm-hmm. So. And then, okay. you know, the combat, the combat is fine because it's actually not a huge priority, basically. Like, there's not, like, huge strings of fights in a row. Like, Excellent. some quests will have, like, one enemy or something. Dang. That sounds pretty neat. Yeah. But, I mean, I can tell you both that... Yeah, I'm stripping all over my words. I can kind of tell that this isn't a game for either of you be- just because it's so goddamn long. Like, yeah, like, even just mainlining the game is like a forty-hour task, I think, and yeah. then you'd be missing all the side stuff. Which, mm-hmm. like, apparently, just from hearing people talk about this game, like that's really what makes The Witcher Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it's everything at once. Like, it kind of feels like a game that's more than some of its parts. Yeah, because that's it. Cool. Just it builds a world that's very convincing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like lots of folks seem to really fucking love it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it basically came like insanely highly praised on NeoGaf. Like, couldn't hear enough good words about it. Like, right after I bought it, someone posted a thread on NeoGaf that was like, "I just can't get over The Witcher Three. <laughs> like, and it's literally like two years yeah. now. So, yeah, he's and he literally actually hasn't beaten The Witcher Three. Yeah, yet and then either. you see posts where people are like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I've been playing it since it came out." ready to get towards the DLC now. I'm like, oh, God. God. So, the first major area, as I said, is like the war zone between these two big factions. Mm. And then there's a big river to the north. And then that's kind of the second area is north of there. And then you go there, and it's like this beautiful, idyllic, like, farmlands and, like, the war is not here. So, like, they do a really good job having a contrast there of like, oh, this place doesn't suck weird. Interesting. Yeah. And then you go to the main city up there and it is like freaking huge. Like Like overwhelmingly so? Oh yeah. It, like just kinda trying to like run through all the alleys and explore it the first time took me like over half an hour. Oh Lord. Like, like it's probably the biggest city in like a non Grand Theft Auto game, maybe. Oh cool. Like it's ridiculously big and it's like when you actually look at it from the world map like it's not even like a quarter of it or something it's like maybe five ten percent good god and then like almost the entire second act kind of takes place in that one city so like the tone of like the quest you're doing changes dramatically that definitely keeps it mixing up and then the third area is like a series of islands kind of disconnected from the main map and then i went there and you sail around and it's like oh like the, the map looks smaller than the others, but apparently the scale is different. So it's actually way bigger than it looks on the map. Oh, okay. So it's like still actually as big as the others, land-wise. Um, it's just the way it's kind of presented. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you, okay. So, like, I think all told, like, people have kind of measured it and said the land mass is about the size of Grand Theft Auto V. Which God is pretty damn. damn big. That's a real big fucking you've got cars game. in that game, and you've got, like, planes, and this you've got a horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're moving a lot slower in general compared to, you know, being... You still have quick travel in The Witcher 3, don't you? Yeah, so that's the crazy thing about this game, is that the world is so beautiful 
that I don't want to quick travel yeah, a lot of the like time. I, I understand that. Like, mm-hmm. I will if I'm really just trying to finish a quest, but a lot of the time it's just like, I'll just go there just to kind of experience riding around, and a lot of times you'll just find more quests on the way. Yeah. Because there's just, they're not like all centralized, and, you know, here's where you get your quest. Yeah, just like, there's no quest the hub, it's just, hey, you're going to run into an NPC in the woods somewhere that's just like, hey, do a thing yeah. for me. And another cool thing is that when you're riding your horse, like, he'll kind of guide towards the road, mm-hmm. similar to the, like, the car in Final Fantasy Fifteen. like, you literally couldn't go off the road. Yeah. So in this, like, you can steer manually, but he'll kind of stick to the roads. Oh, I so you can Because they're very curvy, you know, it's not like a highway. No. So riding is pretty smooth feeling. It sounds like it really has earned its place on my top five Western RPGs list. <laughs> I saw you put that on there, and I'm like... I'm not going to disagree, but, like, no one knows here that John hasn't actually played it, and he's yeah. still calling it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've, you've made me kind yeah. of want to play it. It John sounds is really like the, cool. John is the biggest fucking poser. <laughs> <laughs> I spilled tea on I mean, I have, games that, I have games that I haven't played that I know I like, like Gravity Rush, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And then Fallout New <laughs> Vegas. For me. You played a little bit of that, though. I played a little bit of that, and I know I like it. You got shot. <laughs> I got no. I what I did was I equipped two meat cleavers as my wade weapons, oh. and then tried to, sh- and then tried to get through everything, just <laughs> cleaving everybody. That that would be a fun way to do it. <laughs> the melee in those games feels so terrible. Bad. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it was really funny. Just it was really good conceptually to be like, all right, this is this is who I am. I am the cleaver man. <laughs> And I'm going to tear this place apart. <laughs> I like Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. So, the uh, Witcher, so- yeah, when I played um, Ocarina of Time, I mentioned a couple times, like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of wish I could just play a game that was, like, just the side quests in this. <laughs> yeah. Instead of all these dungeons. And then this kind of was like, hey, do you like those side quests? <laughs> I mean, that, this is pretty much that because, like, there's basically no dungeons, really. Mm. Like, I found an area that seemed like it was going to be a dungeon, and then it was, like, three enemies and a quest. <laughs> nice. Gotcha. <laughs> so is there, like, a main story? Oh, yeah. The main story is also exceedingly long and, like, maybe a bit drawn out because uh-huh. it's, like, I mean, it's, it's kind of pointless to say what the story is, but, like, you're chasing after a girl who is important to your character, but also wasn't in the previous two games. It's a bit weird. Like, mm-hmm. the story connection to Witcher 2 is super weird mm-hmm. because there's six months between the two games, but apparently in that time he recovered cover, recovered from amnesia, which they don't mention at the start of this one. I just oh. had to read that online. And then, like, his girlfriend dumped him between the two games as well. Oh, dang it. So you really kind of start this one fresh, even if you played... <laughs> Come back here, woman. I own you. I hope it's not that kind of story. No, 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 no. Well, basically, he had a girlfriend, Yennefer, then got amnesia. Mm-hmm. And then because he didn't know he had a girlfriend, he started dating a girl named Triss. Oh, whoops. Yeah. So Triss broke up with him because she knew she, he, she was taking advantage of him oh. because he had amnesia. So at the start of the game, you're with Yennefer again. But it's just a little weird for people who have played only the games yeah mm-hmm. because they never mentioned yennefer in the pre first two <laughs> you're just like Sorry, Wait, only what? the games yeah oh witcher as is as opposed to the book, book series what 
Yeah, it's yeah, an like entire... Yeah, 14 books in Poland. Yeah. The Witcher. Oh. Most of them untranslated. Yeah. Huh. I remember when take... I remember when Vinny Caravello, Vinny Caravello was going to try and read yeah. through all of those. Bless his heart. You, how far did he get? I don't, I don't think he got very far. Because, <laughs> like, I've been thinking fantasy novels are kind of cool lately. Like, that could be a fun way into a Western oh, RPG. Just, uh, just learn Polish. There you go. Ah. I mean... No, some of them are translated, though. Like, Super Bunny Hop has a video, actually, where he talks about the whole series, including the novels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's, that's really interesting. But, like, that's a bit out of my depth, because I don't know anything about those. But Yeah, not a lot of time. Not a lot of... So the, it, this is a series of video games based on books? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen too often. Like Metro. Uh, yeah, those Metro are based on books, one. too. Cool. Parasite Eve. Yeah. And um, Megami Tensei. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That one I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Very first one. Oh. Yep. Like, there's been a story going around, though, that the rights for the Witcher game from the books, like, the author sold it for, like, way cheaper than he should have. Yeah. So, like, he's pissed he's about the very, games very now. He's very, very angry about the games. Because they're way more successful than the books than the were. Books. Yep. And he sold the rights for, like, $9,000. Yeah, it was real cheap. Insanely bad. That's right. Because he just he kind of just hates video games. Is what I gathered. Yeah, from it. yeah. They were just he like, just, fine. I'll make a quick buck off of these idiots, and then yeah. oh no, the fucking you know now the thing that you hate is way bigger than the thing yeah. you make, which is real mm-hmm. sad. It's also but probably it, selling a lot more books. Yeah, that's what I'm it. saying. Like <laughs> those books would not have sold in America. Yeah. Before the game, mm-hmm. so yeah. like you're still getting some benefit from it. Yeah, absolutely. But, Interesting. Well, you yeah. may you may be maybe yeah. interested in like a million hour <laughs> RPG fantasy okay. RPG, so that's pretty there's, cool. There's one last thing I want to mention. Okay, there's, there's an in-game car- card game. Oh, great. oh yes, and it's actually really good. Yes, yeah, that's that's what I hear. It's so good that they're making what? it its own standalone game. Yeah, there's a standalone game called Gwent now. And, but you can play as kind of a simpler version in Witcher 3 yeah. against mm-hmm. shopkeepers and stuff. Uh, so Gwent is a combat card game. There's three rows of cards for each player. They represent, like, melee attackers, ranged attackers, and, like, siege weapons, like catapults and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you put, put your cards down, depend, and, like, you know, you put the knight in the melee row, and then... You kind of add up the attack values of all the cards to see who wins. And then you have stuff like weather effects that will hinder one row for each player. Aww. So you can be like, oh, I put down freezing cold. That makes all melee attackers on both sides like do only one damage. Dang. And then there's, you know, it's, it starts pretty simple and then it kind of builds a lot. Where it's like, like, these two cards, if you play them together, they'll do double damage. And then this card will make every card in this row do double damage. So, it's fun. Like, <laughs> I kind of ignored it at first because it's kind of a pain in the ass to get cards at the start. Mm-hmm. But then as you build your deck and, like, I've kind of gotten a handle on things and, like, I know enough about it to be like, okay, these are the combos I kind of want to go for. Mm. And So I'm kind of doing all the card stuff as it comes up now. 
it's just like, oh man, this is like another, you know, another facet on top of like this eight million hour game. Now you've got a collectible card game inside of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's just like, I'm spending the, you know, a couple hours last night, just playing all the shopkeepers I can find to get the cards that I missed my first go through. And then there's like quests to like beat certain characters in the game because they will give you unique cards from their collection. Of course, of course. And this is slightly spoilery. So you get this quest. It's like get the cards from these people. And then I finished another quest where a character died. Uh oh. And so during this really sad moment, oh no, I get a fucking pop up <laughs> notifying me that the status of the catch them all quest has changed. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> But apparently you can actually get that card afterwards anyway, so you just steal it from his desk. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you just fucking they put Yu-Gi-Oh! inside of their 10,000-hour RPG. Yeah. God. Well, it's funny, because I think, like, as a combat system, it's probably better than the actual melee combat. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just more strategy involved. God, that's funny. And, like, there's four different decks. Like, there's uh, the Scoyotel, which are, like, the elfin archers mm-hmm. have a deck, and then the Northern Realms, the Monsters, and the Nilfgaardians. Guardians. So, like, you'll play against people with ha- who have totally different decks from you. Yeah. You've got to kind of learn what that their strengths and weaknesses are. Like, monsters tend to go for the melee range, so, like, they can get totally fucked up if you do that ice trap. Nice. I gather all the pieces of Exodia, I win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have some cards that are, like, do double damage if you play it with another of the same card, and if you just keep stacking those, it gets a bit ridiculous. Oh, that's good. That's the good shit. Yeah. Mm. So, Witcher 3 is the overwhelming, life-consuming RPG I've been looking for. Like, it for definitely bit. sounds like this game kind of earned its praise. Like, like, oh, like, yeah. a, like a lot of the, a lot of times, like, games like this, they kind of just like, I don't get why people love them so much, but this is a game yeah. that definitely sounds like it's kind of earned its marks, yeah. in a way. And it is so goddamn beautiful, like, the the weather system and, like, the wind and the night, day-night stuff, like, it just creates these spectacular... Like, picturesque moments. Yeah. And I swear to God, there was one time where it was, like, raining and thundering for a while, and then time passed and it kind of cleared up, and I looked off into the distance and I saw a lightning bolt and I was just like, is it actually simulating a storm moving through to the east? Because I can God. see the storm I was just in over there. What the hell? Oh, wow. And I, there was one time where I felt like it looks like rain is moving in and then it did start raining a few minutes later. Oh. I was like, man, is this really going as far as I think it is? That's really impressive. It's really, crazy. I think I think the thing that puts like this over like Skyrim in my mine or things like that is that I hear people just going out of the way to praise the writing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that like, definitely is the big difference, I think. Yeah. Cool. Like, because I think New Vegas is, because New Vegas wasn't actually, you know, written by Bethesda. It was written yeah. by Obsidian. Yeah. So, so that's the best one. Is New Vegas for the writing. And yeah, the writing in Skyrim is atrocious. Whatever. whatever. It, I was going to say atrocious, but it's kind of whatever along with Fallout 3. Like, like all I like of the, those... yeah, it's pretty whatever. Like all of the people I've seen play that game, and it's just like, oh god, it's just the same boring fucking <laughs> tropes. But for me, like I like Fallout Three and Skyrim for the exploration aspects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I just need an anchor. I want to get yeah. into that, and then maybe I could get into the Skyrim Fallout Threes. 
Um, but I think I need something like Fallout New Vegas or maybe The Witcher yeah. 3 that grabs me in other ways, too. Yeah, those are more about doing quests and, like, the outcome of your quest, like your choices. Yeah. Changing things in the world. Cool. So that's Witcher 3. It sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty good. It's pretty good. You're going to be playing it the rest of the year. You're going to be playing it the rest of the year. The rest of my life. The rest of your life. So I played one of those video games, and it's a video game that I think all of us, including every single person in our listening audience, <laughs> yeah, have all been waiting very excitedly for. It's a game we did not think would actually get released on you know, PC, been out on Vita for quite a while, but, uh, of course, talking about... What's a, what's a Vita? What's a Vita? That one system that John owns, it's like a prototype. That oh, there are only I can like, play PS1 games on it. Yeah, there are only, like, three or four of them in existence, but they're, like, this rare prototype that uh, Sony Let's you play out. PS1 games. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's just a weird little thing. The um, PlayStation PS1 games and 1 Portable. The PlayStation 1 Portable. The PSOP. Weird that they released a bunch of net games for that. For like I know, weird, huh? Just like, that's so weird. But, uh, yeah, um, I played, or I'm currently still in the process of playing Super Dimension Neptune versus Sega Hard Girls. What's that? Ooh. Who are the Sega Hard Girls? Yeah, like, who the fuck are the Sega Hard Girls is what I've been <laughs> asking the whole time since this crossover happened. I mean, the crossover makes sense, given that this series is kind of steeped in... You know, a lot of Sega references. Um, but yeah. who, are the, who are the Sega Hard Girls proper? I So they do have an anime, and before that they were just kind of a mascot thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And the anime with them actually is, like, real, really funny. Oh, okay. So when this was announced, I was like, holy shit, that is the most perfect crossover ever. Cool. So it's just kind of like, like, do they kind of like dwell on the same kind of humor? I guess it would be. Like the anime is a lot of them going into Sega games of the past. Like they visit Virtua Fighter and they do something. They visit Space Channel Five and do dancing. It's <laughs> really silly parody stuff. That actually sounds really like Dreamcast cute. <laughs> is like the biggest ooh la la fangirl. That's that's actually really cute. That is very cute. Um, but, uh, yep, this is a crossover, and it stars everyone's favorite main character from the main Neptunia series. I think we all love her to death, and we can't get enough of her. Good old IF! Yep. She's the protagonist this time Accurate. around, sporting a hot new look, which I must say, like, her redesign in this game, sexy AF, right? Yes. IF, sexy is AF, huh? Huh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, see what I did there? But yeah, it's a really cool. It kind of made me, like, hope that at some point they kind of revisit all the designs at some point. Maybe kind of up, you know, give them a little bit of an update because we've kind of had the same designs now since the series mm-hmm. started. So, like, IF kind of being the only one that gets this yeah. slick new update's kind of interesting. They kind of did that with Rebirth 3. And they had the alternate versions of everyone, but then they went back to Zen. Yeah. Like an ep. Yeah. So it's kind of like, kind of hope they they do something more with uh, that in the future. But um, this game stars IF, and she is in Super Dimension, which is uh, kind of a barren wasteland where like the 
like, apparently, like, nobody even knows what goddesses or CPUs are. They just kind of don't exist. And IF is just kind of this wandering traveler in search of adventure, riding her motorbike all over the dusty plains. And she kind of comes across this library that holds all of the world's history. Um, and on the way, she kind of bumps into... Um, I guess she's uh, an original character, Segami. Uh, she's... I'm not sure if, like, at this point she is a Sega hard girl or if she's just kind of, like, an overall representation of Sega uh, or something. And uh, uh, she's got amnesia. She doesn't know, like, what's going on. But the problem is, when we get to the ancient library, it turns out, oh, shit, history's disappearing. That's a a problem. That is a problem. That's not good. (laughs) And uh, it's eventually decided that... yeah, it's a real bad thing to be happening, isn't it? Um, and uh, it's kind of decided that, um, but with uh, you know, Segami, IF, and Istoir, she is of course over the library because who else to, you know, look over an ancient library full of the world's history? Uh, that the best way to save history is going back and fucking with it. Yes. So it turns out that like in the past eras. Um, chrono trigger. Yeah, very chrono triggery in a way. Um, but it turns out that, like, in the past, um, for some reason, the Sega Hard Girls are trying to kill the goddesses of those four eras, being Mega Drive uh, would be Plutia, uh, Game Gear would be Nepgear, uh Saturn would be... Um, Neptune and uh, Dreamcast would be Uzume. So, all of those characters, like, are all coming together, and, like, for some reason, like, everybody's just fucking fighting, and this leads to the destruction of the world, and for some reason, time is also being swallowed and everything. Um, so, that's kind gotcha. of, like, your basic setup of the story. Um, that's cool. And it's an excuse for all the Sega Neptunia characters to interact with the Sega Hard Girls versions of themselves. Yeah, it's really weird. It's just like, but yeah, because like the series already has analogs for mm-hmm. these characters or for these consoles. So like they already have the matchups set and it's really actually kind of cool uh, to see them line up. And um, I think like kind of like the most important part of it, though, is just kind of like you have IF as the protagonist. And, like, that's never a role she's kind of been in. She's always kind of been there as not really a side character because she's still, like, a main protagonist, but she's Uh. never kind of been the one propelling the story forward. She's always kind of, like, the sidekick character that's always there, the straight man that kind of... Exactly. She's the the less wacky. Yeah, she she makes sense of all the absurdity that, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of happens in Neptune land. Um, she's also Idea Factory personified. Yeah. So the main character of this Idea Factory game, going back through Sega's history, is the personification of Idea Factory. Yes, that's excellent. So it's 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 a really cool idea, and um, it's kind of cool getting to see IF in a protagonist role and away from most of the actual cast from the Neptunia series because there's not a lot. Um of other characters other than uh, Plutia, Nepgear, Neptune, and Uzume that actually appear in the game. Like, those are, like, 
the main characters from the mainline series that appear along with IF. Like, not even Kampa's in this game, and that's, like, mm-hmm. IF's best friend in the main series, so... Um, she kind of gets to bounce off of new personalities or gets to bounce off of older personalities in a way that she's never really been able to because, you know, everybody else is just so loud in the mainline series. And it's like she has just a lot of really cute interactions with characters and character types that she's never had to interact with before. And that's kind of been, for me, one of the biggest treats so far. And it's just like the writing is just super snappy it's really smart and funny mm-hmm. um you talk about that a lot with um <clears throat> i kind of know what you mean by that where it, where you've looked at cartoons and being like i really like the way this dialogue and action flows yeah um like, where think, it has that yeah it's just real snappy it. like uh mm. kim possible sonic boom those are two shows yeah. that i think are they're really smart and funny and like the dialogue comes fast and just it's just like yeah like and everybody bounces off each other really well like all of these mm-hmm. character types come together and are just like either really cute interactions that just kind of make you giggle or just kind of like over the top really funny just like you know and of course like the best part of this game is that neptune isn't neptune anymore <laughs> she, she she's a bike <laughs> for reasons that I won't so spoil excellent. for reasons that I won't spoil because I know Rhett wants to play the game too um, Neptune ends up being IF's bike <laughs> and IF hates it but she does? she hates it so much she doesn't so, want to ride Neptune she doesn't want to ride Neptune but Neptune is more than happy to give Uzume a ride <laughs> She's very excited about Uzume riding her. <laughs> and and, and it's, it's just kind of funny because it weirds Neptune out at first, and then she just kind of gets into the idea of being a bike and really liking it. <laughs> so it's just they play on the, the only thing that they they missed out on, and I've seen fan art that does it, is that, like, the the windscreen on, on some of the fan art that I've had for the bike would like have like little like ASCII emotes on it to like kind of emote how Neptune's feeling or acting at the time. <laughs> uh, and the game doesn't have that. That would be good. That's a missed opportunity. Mm. It just that bummed me out so much that it's just like you know like Neptune's talking and it's just a still bike sprite. And I wish they would have just added little emoticons because like. Like, Eastwar's not using the text-based emoticons anymore for some reason. Why not just give that to Nap? In a way, though, it's also very funny that it doesn't emote at all. Yeah, it's also got its own... Because it's just so cheap-looking, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah it, it still makes sense, and it's still very, very funny. Um, but but I, as with a lot of this series in general, like the writing is what you really come here for. Um, but that's not to say that, like, the game structure and the gameplay is bad, because it's actually really, really different. Um, despite being based, like, a large of the, a large portion of the game kind of being based on the Rebirth engine, which is also in turn mm-hmm. based on uh, Hyper Neptune Victory. Um, Green, yeah. This game kind of, like, it, 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 it does a lot of things structurally that feel like it's kind of, like, more suited to be a portable game because uh, it's, mm. very, it's very individual mission-based. So, like, every era, like, once you kind of get 
through like the main introduction, you just kind of get a big quest list of uh, quests that take place in different eras, and some of them kind of like advance the story, some of them up your observation level, and your observation level opens up even more stuff for you to be able to do, like, um, uh, like you can get like new dungeons to appear, or uh, new uh, key items that will let you open up stuff later on. Um, so, like, doing all the quests and stuff is just, like, kind of like this thing that feel it kind of feels like it's a game you're meant to play for maybe 30 minutes to an hour and feel like you got something done. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I've felt when I've played it, is that, like, I only play it for maybe 30 minutes to an hour at a time, and, like, you, know, you come away from it, it's just like, yeah, I, I got some story progress done, or I, I knocked out some missions, I got some money and a few levels for my characters. Um, and the way this kind of ties into the story and how that advances is there's this thing called the Time Eater, which is the reason... Keepers. <laughs> yeah, which is the reason history is disappearing, and isn't that the thing from Sonic Adventure, Sonic um, Sonic Generations? Wasn't that the last boss of Sonic? Yeah, it's Generations. Sonic Generations. <laughs> oh. I was thinking the exact same thing. That's funny. Uh, maybe that's an intentional reference. I want Neptune to be like, "That's a homing attack." I wonder if that's. <laughs> I gotta wonder now if that's a direct reference because it's just straight up called the Time Eater. Um, so every mission has like a t- like a number beside it and that's the number of uh time l- like it's how much time can be passed before the time eater eats that mission and that part of history is gone so every mission sort of has this time limit on it and when you complete a mission that number goes down by 1 and when it reaches 0 that's when the time eater eats it um, but this isn't like, uh, it's not like, um, something like maybe like, uh, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter where you can like fail, a, a a playthrough. There's some mechanics in the game that kind of allow you to bypass that a little bit. I won't spoil what those are, but it's, it's pretty cool the way they set it up. Uh, so, and, and you can like, you could, I think it's definitely feasible to get true ending your first time through just because all you have to do is play all the main story missions to get, um, the true and good endings. Yeah, that makes sense. And you can, like, and, like, to get, like, uh, other endings or the bad ending, you can, um, fight the Time Eater at any time. So it's just kind of like Chrono Trigger. Oh, I think that's cool. <laughs> in the way. I really like that level of kind <laughs> yeah. of freedom. Yeah, it's like, uh, the Time Eater is just hanging out in the library upstairs. <laughs> and that's your base of operations. So it's just like, do y'all want to go fight the Time Eater or do you want to go, like, hang out in Mega Drive era? <laughs> Um, Do you know if there's a new game plus? Uh, there is a new game plus, yes. Like, there's so stuff you could that... do like the... Oh yeah, they, these games always have that. I don't know. Yeah. You could do the Chrono Trigger thing of just beating it as soon as possible. Yeah. On your yeah. second playthrough. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely that element to it. And, and like, then get the developer room, of course. And get the developer room. The new game plus is... Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, kind of different because I think that it really only ties to just like there's just some missions that are New Game Plus only. I don't think that there's anything that really changes if you beat the game in New Game Plus. I think it's just there are like higher level missions and monsters you can take on, like really stupidly high level end game stuff, kind of like a lot of the NEP games do. Yeah. Um. So like along with that, like the the combat is kind of similar, but not to the Rebirth games, because okay. it's... what differentiates it? It's it's simpler in that they kind of took away the build-a-combo system, and now you, like... 
instead of building combos, you kind of like create builds for your characters because each character has two to three uh, classes that they'll earn throughout the course of the game that you can level up and get individual abilities for. And then you can take those abilities and in turn just equip them uh, in uh, slots like their equipment. And when you change a class, you will keep that ability from that class. So you've kind of got like a Final Fantasy Tactics kind of thing. Um, I'm into that. And um, this, this game... Is the one with the class system, right? Or yeah. Is that... Yeah. That's why cool. I was talking about classes. Yeah, it makes sense. Sorry, yeah. I was hearing the events... It's the, the Final um, Fantasy V of... Yep. Yeah, I was hearing, like, um, ability equipping different abilities and whatnot. So, that, yeah, that makes sense to me. Cool. Yeah, and... and, and um, so, so, when you go into combat, you only really have one attack button. It's just, like, that's the combo that that class has. Or that's, like, the combo ender that that class has. And this game's kind of, like, all about turn management. Um, so, like, when you get your turn, you get, like, this little meter that's, like, it fills up as you move and as you attack. And however much of that meter you use determines how far you get pushed back in the turn order on your next turn. So, like, the game kind of, like, has a new level of strategy to it that was still kind of present in the older games, but delay turn didn't really quite matter quite as much as it matters here i don't think Mm -hmm. so so like if you do do they do a better job sorry do they do a better job like visualizing how back pushed yes you do more attacks yes because in the older games it's just like it just always felt like kind of a crapshoot yeah they do a better job of kind of showing like like um like if you take your next action it will show your character kind of like moving down in the turn order and if you go into, like, the red on That's your gauge... Good. Yeah, if you go into the red on your gauge, then, like, your character is going to be delayed significantly. So, like, especially during boss fights, it's really, really, really kind of important to, uh, like, maintain your turn order, not go into the red, um, and kind of, like, learn to conserve uh, your abilities and stuff. And then there's also Fever Time, which is kind of like, basically, the EXE gauge... Only this ah. time, only this time, it applies to the entire team. In that, like, once you activate Fever Time, the enemy doesn't get turns until Fever Time is over, <laughs> and you can basically you're bit, you're given freedom to just run roughshod over enemies. <laughs> it's and it's pretty satisfying to blow off like three or four exe drives, you know, in the same fucking set of turns. Sometimes like two on the same character at once. That's uh, really so, good. So that's pretty cool. And like there's also like formations. Formations have like a bigger uh, impact on how it goes, like um like you know, like how characters coupling and lily ranks work. Each each formation also has different bonuses, like, oh this like will give you a, this one will give everybody fifteen hundred extra hit points, or this one will give you know, an extra 100 damage uh, to everybody on the front line and everybody on the back line gets, like, an extra 100 to magic attacks and stuff like that. So there's, a, like, a little more strategy. It's like they're clearly playing around with it because I think that, you know, and that's fine because doing the same thing over and over like they have kind of would have been boring, really. Like, I'm yeah. not I'm not yeah. sure that I would have been fine with this being another Rebirth rehash, so... Um, yeah, because they had three... Rebirth games. Yeah. The two of them are real good. 
yeah, they're real good. And, and you know, that's fine. So I kind of think that, like, the changes they made here, they're a little hit or miss at times. But um, I think they're overall, like, it, it's it's pretty fun. And I think, like, my mm. only my only real gripe with the game is that, like, given that it's got, like, a mission-based structure and it's really open and there's no real set order to do things in, the game doesn't really give you, like, recommended levels um, mm. for missions and stuff. So, like, last night, I kind of ran into a part where it was just like, oh, I'm fighting a boss that I, that, there is no way I should be fighting this <laughs> right now. So, like, and I had done, like, an entire quest line to get to that point. So then I had to, like, like well, well fuck, huh. that's a lot of time eater time I just fucking wasted. And, like, now I've got a lot of missions that are ready to expire, and I kind of fucked myself there. Mm, that's a bummer. But um, overall, like I think it's, it's like a really solid little game. It's definitely different, <laughs> and I don't think that it's bad for being different at all. It's it's yeah. pretty yeah. cool. It does its own thing. The writing is just you know like what I want in a NEP game is that kind of humor. And again, IF getting to lead the parade and you know doing an amazing job of it so far. Like like the, her character, like her interactions with those characters are just they're just so great. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Could you rearticulate what the um, time eater time stuff was a bit? Okay, the, the time. I think I, you yeah. think you zoned out? No, <laughs> I'm just I. You weren't I just listening. Really, I just want to you check. didn't. You got a list of missions, and they're like, "Oh, this one will expire in one completion of another mission." Yes, that's ah. kind of how it works. So, like when cool. when when a mission expires, the time eater eats it and gets stronger. Mm-hmm. And there's okay. and there's a mechanic in the game where you can sort of play around with that and kind of get those missions back. Um, uh-huh. So, like, you know, again, it's not, you can never actually hit a fail state with this game. Mm-hmm. It's cool. just that the time eater thing is there to kind of make you prioritize missions that have higher stars, because, like, every mission has a star rank, and, like, if, a time, if the time eater eats a higher ranked mission, uh, he gets stronger. Mm-hmm. So... It looks like they're kind. Of, there's kind of going to be some shenanigans at the end of the game, depending on like what missions you let him eat and all of that cool. kind of stuff. So like, I'm wondering just like how fucked you can get yourself by the end. <laughs> but, but it sounds like there's definitely also some kind of hard limits on that, so that it doesn't become impossible. So mm. um, uh, it definitely sounds pretty cool. But yeah, like I haven't finished it yet. I'm about well, uh, now I'm about. 13 or so hours in and I'm still having a good time with it so yeah. um, it's a it's, it's a really fun little game and I think like if you're into awesome. NEP games there's no reason like this is this is a no-brainer of a choice yeah definitely probably the best of the spin-offs that's for oh sure. I mean right. that's kind of a no-brainer because the spin-offs have been and this is the first one that's not the same as the rebirth games but very much rooted in that engine and that style of gameplay, like it's the first kind of straight up our JRPG of the spinoffs. Yeah, and it's I and it's I and it's IF. So and everybody loves IF. And it's IF. And it's the Sega Hard Girls who I like. Yeah. You the other it. ones were the blank action game, zombie action game, which was bad. <laughs> Wait, Polly. Yeah. You have blonde. I meant that. blonde. Sorry. Blank. Blonde. I said I changed. I I he said corrected blank myself. The first time, blank. Though. Blank. Blank. If you call me out for saying Yandere wrong, you got Yandere. <laughs> Yandere. <laughs> I think Yandere is still funnier than Blank, though. 
Utna. Utna. Whereas I am perfect and never mispronounce anything. Yeah. I remember asking someone at like a convention running a panel like, hey, is it Satoshi Kon or Satoshi Satoshi Khan? They said, Oh, it's Satoshi Khan. Thank you. Oh, it's not Wait, Satoshi they told Khan. you the wrong way? I, told they told, I asked like a person in a position of authority. <sighs> they told me it was Khan. It's Cone. It's Cone. Yeah. Because yeah. the O sound in Japanese is a yeah, long O. Yeah. Hir- hiragana is not ambiguous. Yeah, exactly. Not at all. That's, it's very that's a way that Japanese is yeah. that's the way Japanese is distinct from English. So it's, once I learned like hiragana, then I was able to know how everything was pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> like it's very easy to pronounce Japanese words correctly all the time as opposed to like English. Because it's yeah, unambiguous in all the contextual. Yeah. Yep. And just kind of random. Yeah. Yes. So One I get, thing I hope in this game, though, back to Sega Hard Girls, mm-hmm. I hope there's like combo EXEs with like uh, Dreamcast and Uzume or something. Man, I'm hoping, but I'm not seeing it so far, uh, it, but, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Do they have at least solo EXEs? They must. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like okay. the, the EXEs are, are still pretty great. As you might as those expect. are still yeah one of the best parts of that series yeah that's where like all the fucking budget goes for those games yeah. is creating especially in, yeah especially. Mega Nap had so many dumb like triple combos and stuff yeah they were real dumb Nap Nap's good Nap Nap is great Nap games are great go play go play Sega Hard Girls it's a good game you did a good by the you... way the the hard stands for hardware oh oh. That's. I thought it meant boner. <laughs> I mean, that works too. It can be both. Sega boner girls. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's spelled B P W N E R. Yeah. <laughs> John Fire. Hi. How you doing? Munch, munch. I'm doing pretty good. Tell me. I did. A, I, I, did a, I have another media property to talk about on our media another, podcast. Another media property to talk about on our media property based podcast. Do tell mm-hmm. me what is this media uh, property so that we can continue um, recording our podcast that will release and continue our product line and building our brands. Yes, we are a brand. Hashtag brand. <laughs> we are always on brand. All right. So you know how I read um, the first Mistborn book by Brandon Sanderson a month ago and went kind of apeshit pos- happy over it. Yeah, yeah. I really like that thing. Yeah, I really like that book. All right, well, I once other people started reading it, I was like, oh, well, okay, there are a few things that <laughs> wrong with it that I want to mention. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> I was just like, just, just that, like, when you're really deep into the thing and then you kind of pull out of it and you're like, <laughs> okay, this isn't... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> when you're really deep into the thing, and then you pull out of it, and then you're like, "Okay, this was this was really good." I, the, the, um, the gender. There's some weird weird gender stuff yeah. in it, and it starts off a little bit Game Game of Thronesy before. It, kind of softens on that, but it's still a little bit there. Kind of, like, um, needs to find its own identity. 
Um, it's just in the sense of like, oh, this is the fantasy world, so let's show thing bad things happening to women. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, that's what I mean by Game of Thrones. Not falling. There's never there's never anything like explicit on screen, but there is a lot alluded to near the start of that first Mistborn book, and yeah. it's sad. Gotcha. Um, and a chunk of it's necessary for one of the characters to be good, but yeah, there's some issues. It was funny because I passed it over to Anna, and then she read the first like, listened to like the first two hours of the audiobook, looked up the author, and then was like, "So you know this guy's a Mormon, right?" Like he had gone down, she had gone through the thing. He was like deep in, he had gone stayed at Brigham Young for many years. So it was like, oh, there's this big. Um, fundamentalist Christian thing in this guy's past which was interesting so I was like kind of recontextualizing things in that light too mm-hmm. um, so I was like starting to be a little bit like oh I wonder if I was being silly by being as deep into this as I was um, and then uh, I picked up the second book Well of Ascension um, and then I read the whole thing in like six days and had a complete fucking blast <laughs> there you go another one yeah um, so yeah, this is a, this is a fantasy series and it has some gender issues and it's not perfect. I'm, it's, otherwise it is like filling all my buttons in a really nice way. Um, filling my buttons, pressing all the right buttons for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the danger was that the first book was like really self-contained and cool for that. And then this is the second book and it's like, all right, where do we go from here? Um, you create a new universe with the same characters, and you just b- introduce them again like they were the same. That's is that a Neptune thing? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, a Neptune thing. Um, where it starts off after saving the world, but now all these other... They've to- toppled the Empire, but now all these empi- all these other armies are coming to basically un-revolution mm-hmm. shit. And... Basically, what was really cool about this book, in addition... This is the series with the really, really cool um, magic system. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, where you, With the metal pushing and everything. Yeah. Um, and they introduced a few new elements to that that are really cool. Basically, just like the limit break metal and... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> among other things. Um, so, basically, they start from like the highest stakes imaginable in the previous book and then I kept reading that first book and then not thinking things would resolve. I figured, oh, well, they have to resolve that part in the next book. They yeah. have to resolve that part in the next book. They have to resolve that part in the next book. Um, and then they would turn around and resolve all of it in the first book. And I was like, what? So I was reading the second book and I wasn't expecting that because this is now the second book in a trilogy. Oh, so there's a whole yeah. third book. Um, and I'm like, okay, well now they're gonna slow down, yeah. and um, they're gonna have their, they're gonna introduce a lot of stuff, and it's gonna set things up for the third book. To and they're not really gonna resolve much. Um, so this book sets up another huge earth-shaking conflict um, that feels completely insurmountable, um, and then in the form of these three armies, and then by like with like 200 pages left in the book, I was like. Um, it's like a quarter left of the book. I was like, okay, I think I'm seeing how this is resolved. This is going to be the downer end. Mm. Um, the dark middle chapter. The dark yeah. middle chapter. <laughs> um, now they're on their quest to go to the 
titular Well of Ascension, and that'll happen in the next book, and all this will go down. Um, like, the characters are literally on, have fled and are on their way away from this conflict. Like, okay, we can't win, let's be done. And then the last 200 pages of the book, <laughs> they completely resolve the big conflict, get past er- these huge stakes that I didn't expect things to resolve with, and they resolved all of it, and then introduced another earth-shaking, terrifying conflict oh, right Jesus. at the end of the book. <laughs> oh. So, so it's not self-contained like the first one, but it's because, but it doesn't feel like they just weren't resolving shit because it's the second book. They just resolved that. They finished that story, and then already, and then really cleverly set, yeah, set up the like next. Like they book. give you your catharsis of resolution, but then they're gonna let you know they gotta pull you back somehow. Mm-hmm. That sounds uh, like a video game ending. Almost. Definitely, at least like, yeah. These oh, days. you've stopped this threat, but there's a bigger threat. Finish yeah, the but fight. Like, but like so far, like the first threat, the first book was oh, we need to kill God, and <laughs> his entire and his army of invincible immortal pre- priests. Yeah, and yeah. conquer this empire that's lived for a thousand years, and then the next book, all right, let's pick up, let's have more stakes that are that intense. Let's kill then, Double God. But they they don't just they don't just do that. What they do is like they make stakes that feel just as intense while actually making a lot of the conflicts a lot more intimate. Right. Like the scariest villain in this book, um, like the big like kind of worms his way in as a friend mm-hmm. throughout the book, and then when it shit goes south near the end, it's like it has been building up and. Instead of being like the big video game final boss, which is kind of the first book, in a really good video game, big video game final boss, yeah, it's just like in a room in the person's house, they're fighting, they're having this really small scale fight, and it's completely terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then they have like, oh, she has this thing, she can do this, and she comes up with this brilliant solution to save herself, but then that doesn't work. Like Whoops. in another, every time. It always goes, like, one step further where, like, oh, if we just um, use the metal to the metal in this way, then we'll be able to do this. And then, no, the person addressed that and did something else. Thunderstrike. Oh, yeah. God. (laughs) It's storming here. We heard that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty loud. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think the characters in this one were honestly a little richer and... It kept the stakes just as intense, and then re- made them hu- had the huge. The entire back quarter of the book is just huge catharsis, mm. and then it ends with a really cool twist that was ac- absolutely set up throughout the book and earned, and m- sets things up for the third book to be really exciting too. Um, so I really like so fantasy novels are cool. So is the third book the last one? Like yes. There's, it it's a the, trilogy. It's a trilogy, and then there's another trilogy in the same universe with different characters uh, that was released down the line. But like, okay. it's a self-contained trilogy. The first book you, is mo- basically self-contained, and now this one is not. But it's a complete oh. volume. Yeah. Uh, so when's the, when's the live-action adaptations? <laughs> I really wish HBO. I really wish HBO taking this up instead of fucking Game of Thrones. <laughs> Also, Brandon Sanderson is extremely prolific. He's, like, released, like, 20 books in the last 10 years. 
That's a um, lot of books in not a lot of years. That's He's like... My dad has been working on his book for like 20 <laughs> years and he hasn't even released it yet. Don't worry, yeah. it's coming, Red. It's coming. Like, he's got like two other big fantasy series trilogies, trilogy pluses, a um, couple of which are finished, one of which is ongoing. Um, he's got a bunch of standalone books in different worlds. Um, he finished the wheel, he was put in charge of finishing the Wheel of Time series after the author died, and he wrote three books to finish that. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this over the last like 10. 10, 12 years. Um, and he had like two shelves at the Barnes and Noble, and then George R. R. Martin had like a whole, had five shelves just devoted to his five books. Jesus. <laughs> to multiple, all five, five shelves, basically one for each cop, each Game Jeez. of Thrones book. And that series isn't even finished. And it sounds like it's not close to being finished. Yeah, like it's, yeah. that thing's gonna keep going and going and going like i just so, i oh i just had the most brilliant idea what yeah you know, so the live action game of thrones like apparently is ahead of the books now mm-hmm. are they just gonna full metal alchemist it oh my god that, that when, sounds like what that sounds like what they're he, doing when he finishes the books will they just go back and be like here's season five alternate oh my <laughs> like, god and like do the other ending game of thrones brotherhood <laughs> <laughs> Dragonborn. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, so I have a lot more respect for the author who, like, tells complete stories that even individual books in the trilogy feel complete. Um, and then finishes them, and then starts a new story with different characters, and then starts another new story and finishes that one. Like, even if these are trillion trillion word fantasy epics, like, he keeps writing them and completing them, and it's like the kind of person I would really trust to, with that style of storytelling. Like, this was a long fucking book, and I chewed through it in in six days. It's funny that, like you, like you said, these all kind of wrap up, but it sounds like this is an author you would trust with cliffhangers. Yeah, because huh. I completely trust that the next book is going to be as satisfying now, because the first book was amazing and fully satisfying, and then this one was too. Yeah. So... Yeah, I feel I'm really excited to wrap up the trilogy and then read his other books. His other books. Cool. There's one of them that he literally says, "This is the book to read once you trust me." <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Which I, because it's like extra long or something, and um, God, I think I think it's really funny and cool. I'm excited to read more books. Cool. This sounds like a series I might actually be into, but you said this one's like it's... 800 pages. I chew through it so fast. It's so... I haven't read anything since, like, high school, though. This is, like... I know it's long, but the first one's a little... Sh- the first one's shorter, for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, this this is the... These are the books that are, like, oh, wow, this is, like... This is reminds me of reading Harry Potter as a little kid. This is, like, when I loved reading. And also, it's the kind of story that would be really great in, like, an anime or a video game. It, it reminds it, it me of... Everything you're saying is like, ah, oh, this sounds like the best anime. Or, yeah, it's the best anime. Climax. It's the best JRPG. It's not the best JRPG ever. It's like a really, really good JRPG, a really, really good anime. Yeah. But it's a book. That's that's the only difference. Uh, I, just, I like pictures and music so much, though. <laughs> like, I could never I, read Attack on Titan, the manga, because the music in that series is so good, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel ya. But yeah, it's... It's this like I came at it from 
like I went for a lot of years trying to just trudge through a bunch of classics and then kind of yeah. stopped loving reading. Um, and then with this, it's like, oh, hey, books can be as good as anime and video games. As good as anime. <laughs> yes. And I feel like this is the audience where that makes sense. So, Rhett! Hi. My good friend. Got a question for you. <laughs> any, any news worth talking about? Boy, do we have news. Because we this news? week was, or I guess last week now, was E3. What's that? It's the big video game convention that doesn't have any purpose anymore because of the internet. What is E3 but they announced stand? a bunch of stuff what, there. What, what does E3 stand Ooh. for, Rhett? Electronic Entertainment Expo. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure. <laughs> I was testing you. I'm making sure you're a real gamer because real E3, gamer. E3 is for gamers. Oh, I wasn't in E3 2017. Oh, my God. Eric's Electric J- Joystick. No. <laughs> Eric's Electric Elmo. Elmo. Boom. Yes. That's it. It's Eric's toy yeah, tickle the Elmo. That's Eric's Oh god, I don't even I don't even want to imagine an Eric tickle me Elmo. Oh my god. <laughs> we do like tickle its butthole and it farts. <laughs> it's cool to fuck bees. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that E3 better. I do, too! Can we talk about that one? No, okay. Uh, so, uh, there was an E3 about video games and not Eric's yeah. butthole. Oh, my God. But but was it also about Eric's butthole, if you think about it? Aren't we all Eric's butthole when you think about it? <laughs> oh, my God. This just went off the rails. <laughs> What's so on the I, rails? I, I made a list of video games that I saw at E3 that I was interested in, so I thought... Go I'm glad somebody cool. did, because on the whole, I thought this E3 was just... It really... Yeah, I mean, I think overall it was... It was a safe show. Like, there weren't pie-in-the-sky, like, ten years off games, except for Beyond Good and Evil 2 got announced. Yeah, that's... Never Are you it. fucking excited for Not really. fucking Beyond Good and Evil 2? God. <laughs> they dropped the F-bomb about 20 hey. times in that fucking trailer. That's probably the most fucking fucks I've ever heard in a fucking it E3 trailer before. Really weird to have. It's always weird when it's cartoon animals and yeah. when it's Beyond Good and Evil, which was like kind of a... I won't say disney but definitely not yeah. pretty M-rated. Does Jack 2 of Young Good and Evil. Does, does Jack 2 swear? Not a lot. No, it doesn't. No, this okay. is straight up just like, fuck off, motherfucker, fuck you. Yeah. We say fuck a yeah. lot. Weird. It, but, but then Vivendi's basically going to get by Ubisoft and then they're going to yeah. cancel this, so it's never going to happen. Literally, so like, literally two days afterwards or so, they go, we're at day zero of development. We're really sure, pretty sure we're going to get to make the game this time. And I'm like, why bring it? Because they spent money on this trailer. They want, it's like the, it's literally like the Mega Man Legends thing where they just announce yeah. the game and then hope it doesn't get canceled by management. Yeah. That's kind of what I feel is going to happen. I swear to God, this game was announced like three years ago. Like, remember when I kept that list on the forum of like vaporware, vaporware games? Vaporware like, games. This would be, yeah. This would definitely be the winner now because Final Fantasy Fer- Versus 13 came out as 15. Yep. Doom, Doom, Forever. I mean, that was the original. What was the other one? Like, a new Prey came out somehow. Yeah. Last Guardian, like, Last Guardian was on that yeah, list. Yeah, a huge one. 
yeah. So literally, I think this is the last game on that list that hasn't come out, yeah. and probably won't. And is at day zero of development. Day zero. So okay, this, this is not happened. Like this game, if even if it does happen, it's fucking three and a half years off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is and it even going to be on current hardware by the time? I know. See, that's what's so frustrating about these super long. I mean, what even is current hardware now? Because there's a new Xbox coming out. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. stupid. <laughs> Five hundred dollars. Enjoy that. Xbox One X. Get out of here. So the acronym, the acronym is literally is Xbox. Xbox again. The Xbox, the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, and the Xbox One X. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's the Xbox, all caps. Yeah. I hate Microsoft. <laughs> I, I think the only still name I would like is if they had just called it, quotes, the original Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was literally nothing else you could call the one that was released first anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the that Xbox, the one that was released first. Yes. <laughs> Xbox, forget about the other one. Whatever, why not just keep it designated Scorpio? What was wrong with that? That was a pretty good name, I think. I don't know. Yeah. This is like, like this is this is as bad know. as Wii U. It, I think it actually really is because like I think PlayStation Four Pro does a pretty good job denoting that's a stronger, better version. Yeah. X is just weird though. Like you're right, it does remind me of Wii U. Yeah, like the same person that moved on from Nintendo then just went to Microsoft <laughs> and was like, "Hey, I can I can trash your fucking launch too." <laughs> so yeah, people are gonna see that name and then see that price and be like, "Huh." Yeah, it's pretty funny how ingrained the branding we got. Yeah, such that we we all just kind of accept that. Oh yeah, it's called the Wii. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like the I I. Wee Wee exactly. All right, what else came out of E three? Uh, a new Wolfenstein game. Oh my god, this looks so good. The new Colossus. Have you played the the New Order? I'm going to very I'm soon. Going to. Good. Because yeah. holy shit, yeah. if I'm excited for anything that came out of E3, it was this and a couple other things. Yeah. And this game is incredible. Like I hate Nazis with a passion, and yeah. I like and I like seeing Nazis die, in especially <laughs> brutal ways. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the developers have been posting some really good quotes like, there's a lot of things you can do to a Nazi with a hatchet. Yes! That's just the one I was thinking of. <laughs> they're so oh, fucking... Yeah. They, they're so balls deep into this campaign now, it's ridiculous. Like, they're just embracing yeah. the fuck out of, like, yeah, you know oh, what? Yeah. Being a Nazi, you're a shithead. Fuck off <laughs> and die. This is what who you doesn't, deserve. I mean, who doesn't want to kill Nazis? Exactly! Then, like, grinning and just... paws. It's just made them... me that Wolfenstein has been a series since at least the early 90s. I forget exactly when the first one was. Killing Nazis has been, like, the safest thing you could possibly do in a video game. Yeah. <laughs> for, for like, 30 years. All of a sudden, now there's this backlash. Ooh, like, ooh, we don't want to associate Nazis with the KKK. It's like, oh, did something... The last game, I looked it up, the last game was May tw- 2014. Yeah. And I'm just I thinking, what happened? Did, some, did something really bad happen since then for mm. Nazis to suddenly be mm. off limits? Ooh. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. So yeah, yeah Wolfenstein really... is doing the same thing it's been doing since yeah, then, like, but now it's, it's like a, sequel, a political like, statement. I, it's so weird, because the last game 
the New Order, like, was pretty much this just not set in America. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's the big difference in this one. But yeah, I'm really that game is psyched. also nuts. So I'm glad that, like, everyone looking at the trailer for the new one is like, oh, maybe I should check this series out. Yeah. Holy crap. Because yeah. they've been doing this since there was the New Order and then the Old Blood. The Old Blood. Yeah. The Old Blood, like, had less story stuff, but it was just pure friggin' violence and murder. <laughs> yeah, I have both of these games, so, like, they're definitely yeah. on my two playlist because, like I yeah. said, like, I want to be there kind of day one for the new Colossus. Yeah. They're definitely on my replay list now, because, uh, like, the new order, like, the, the almost thing that bugged me about it is that there's so much story mm-hmm. that I just wanted to shoot stuff more often. Yeah, that's uh, understandable. But maybe I'll give it another shot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. This so, uh, so, yeah. so much for the to- so much for the tolerant left. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get a lot of gifts of that. <laughs> so speaking of Colossi, mm-hmm. they're making a new or HD Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. That's cool. It looks really. No- it looks. It, really I mean, it nice. looks nice, but I do wish it w- was maybe a new game. Yeah, like, it like... seems a bit weird to just do the exact same game yeah. again. Like I love Shadow of the Colossus. It's just like that's mm-hmm. kind of not something I need a new version of because like I like yeah. that story I like the way it was presented I, I kind of like I like I doubt I play the new version because it's just like I don't need to I don't need to experience that story anymore it's also like that game is kind of a puzzle game really so like once yeah. you've solved it you're done yeah and granted for some people if it's been a while they don't rem- you won't remember exactly what to do on each one but yeah and they'll probably switch something up i imagine i, I think they've said faithful to the ps2 oh, version well okay then that's very boring yeah. that is a very you know, boring way to it. go about it what's that uh, more people are going to play shadow of the colossus yeah that that's is totally cool that people yeah. who didn't have a ps3 which was in america a lot yeah like it is a good new way to bring it up to modern standards yeah mm. absolutely but, and yeah, when that trailer started, and they're like, is that the bridge from Shadow of the Colossus? And I'm like, oh my god, what? <laughs> like, that was probably the, the biggest shock for me, watching mm-hmm. the conference. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you're kind of like, oh, it's the same game. It's kind of, yeah. The, uh, yeah. 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 So what else? Nintendo, Super Mario Odyssey, where Mario's hat can possess people. <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey is like makes me very sad that I'm probably never going to buy a Switch. It looks real nice. It, ma- it makes me teeter on getting a Switch. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, that Zelda, I mean, what a year I want that. Was, really. I really like the idea of just a portable, the portable system, so I'm, I really like... I'm yeah. Everything about the Switch appeals to me, so I want to mm. get one at some point. Yeah, Super yeah, Mario Odyssey, a- like, it looked good from the get-go, and now it looks even better now that we've seen more gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, it looks positively fucking insane. I'm so glad they're going back to the sort of exploratory version because I feel like they really pushed the linear obstacle. Yeah, yeah. Stuff as far as could go yeah. in 3D world. So I'm excited and, for them yeah. to change the switch up the approach. Switch yeah. up the approach. Oh, Boom! This one does seem much more kind of collectathon. Apparently, like the moons, I guess that you're collecting are kind of just everywhere. Oh. And it, and it doesn't kick you out after beating. Or after finding one. Yeah, and there are no lives. Jack and Dexter. Yeah, we finally finally caught up to Jack and Dexter. (laughs) Also, Sonic 06. (laughs) No, Sonic Adventure. You're right, it's caught up to both Jack and Dexter, 
Mario has finally caught up to Jack and Daxter and son um, mechanically, and Jack and Daxter aesthetically reverse those. Yeah, mechanically. Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, cool. But yeah, that game looks nuts and cool. New Dog City looks very good. Yeah. I know they're highlighting that because it's so great. I know this is going to be a much more game, too. I mean, the I whole possessing human-looking people is very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's exactly. real fucking weird, I'll say that. It's not a direction I expected them to go, but... Oh, and Pauline is the mayor. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of a princess analog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very... Yeah, I like that the new Mario looks fucking weird. Like it, it really does look weird in a good way. Yeah, because yeah, that was 3D World those, thing. Like this is a very natural together thing to the yeah. point where it almost feels like Mario's sick. needed to get weird again for a while. And... A long time. Like the two, the new games have been so insanely safe. Yeah, and then yeah. The this is the opposite of New Super Mario like, Bros. Yeah. yeah, we're getting so, back to sunshine weirdness. Oh. Exactly. Let's, Finally. Let's not call it sunshine weirdness. Can we just call it weirdness? <laughs> Sonic Adventure weirdness. I'll even, I'll even, I'll even take that over Sunshine weirdness. <laughs> Woo! Paul, Sonic Adventure is better than Mar and Mario. You heard it here, folks. Opening scene Holly. of the game. Mario's standing on a building overlooking New Donk City, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is happening." Oh my god! <laughs> if there is a god, please. Don't let, let that, that happen. happen. No, let that happen. <laughs> yes. Speaking of Mario getting weird, Mario's oh, gone. Yeah. Mario's gone full fucking XCOM now. With yeah. So Mario and Rabbit's game that leaked a whole bunch. I kept hearing the word XCOM associated with it, and then you see that trailer, and having played XCOM a whole bunch, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my god, it really is just XCOM. Yeah. Like like full cover half cover mm -hmm. like the the movement grid like i'm like oh my god it's like exactly the same it's like the only differences are like movement pipes you know because it's a mario game you can use those to get around okay, like, and like the way you can differences. the yeah, way you can like, like jump off of characters to get extra squares of movement and stuff like that shit is so yeah. cool it's the fucking best it's basically an xcom you can take two turns at once yeah. Both for movement, but in this, like, you take your first turn for movement, and then you jump off another character to get your second movement turn. Yeah, cool. this this like, just there's, there's ways it's similar, but like, it's the thing is like XCOM kind of works because it's so fuck you hard. Yeah. So it'd be funny if this game just had like an ultra hard difficulty. But I don't think they're gonna do permadeath in a Mario. Game. No, I, I kind of doubt it. But this 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 game looks so good. It, it looked really neat. Like there, like when I first heard. I hate the rabbits though. When I first heard that the rabbits were, were going to be a Mario thing, and it was just, I was just like, oh god, no, this is like the worst possible thing. And now it's just like one of the things that I absolutely want to play. When's the, the PC version coming out? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a PC version. Uh, yeah. You think so? That's a problem. I mean, it wasn't. Don't the... you want to play a Nintendo game in your in your hands on on the bus or whatnot? Doesn't that sound perfect? Does Polly use a bus? I've... I don't. Oh. I don't use a bus. No, Polly bus. Polly bus. <laughs> the Lost Arcade game. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, do you kids like Metroid? It's, yes. It's all right. How would you like a new Metroid game? I would really like a new Metroid game. It's on the Switch, so you have to get a Switch. I don't want it anymore. Brett, I don't think there's a new Metroid game. You're right. There's two Metroid Oh, games. damn! So they announced Metroid Prime 4 for the Switch. Which is just and now starting development. Yeah. So people found some quotes from Tanabe in 2015, like very specifically saying, here's what I would put in a Metroid Prime 4 if there was to be a Metroid Prime 4. Oh. And he's talking about like time shenanigans, kind of like similar to Metroid Prime 2. Yeah. So maybe that's been in development for a little bit. Maybe it has. Maybe it That'll has. Be but nice. Nintendo seems to announce things a little closer to their actual yeah. release. Like, I didn't realize Mario Odyssey is coming out this year. Yeah, it's like what? in yeah. October. That's their big Christmas game. Yeah. Cool. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah, it comes out the same day as Wolfenstein, I think. Yeah. It's like that. It's Mario, Wolfenstein, and like Assassin's Creed, I think, on the same day. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a battle. So, Mario Wolfenstein. Yeah, of course. <laughs> So Metro Prime 4, that's cool. And it's not retro. Like, that's ambiguous, but, like, yeah. I think that I think new blood for that series is nice. They probably yeah, needed I mean, to go somewhere else for that, I think. Yeah. They did, they did three games, and they kind of kept getting worse, so... Yeah. 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 But And then they've done such amazing things with Donkey Kong, so... Yeah, like, like, like if retro is going to be doing something, kind of, like, let them kind of be the new rare, and let them kind of yeah. have their own creative space to do cool things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's my thing with retros that I haven't played the Donkey Kong games because oh. I don't really have the affection for. They're the, real good the, platformers. They're they're better than the originals. I can't yeah, so they're better than Donkey Kong. Actually, actually played any of them. Okay, that makes Tropical me more interested. Like Donkey Kong Freeze, yeah. I often see like best platformer of all time associated with like people who have played that game. Yeah, love it. I still think Donkey Kong Country Returns is still solid too. Like I don't yeah. know, I don't know why a DKCR gets left out of that conversation. But Donkey Kong Country Returns is still real good. Right, <laughs> that's cool. That's good to know. And then there's so, the 3DS Samus Returns. Samus Returns, which is uh, another Metroid 2 remake. Weirdly enough, <laughs> another another Metroid. another another. Um, uh, and this another, another M. Another M. Boom. But um, this kind of, like I don't like the aesthetic of it at all. I was yeah. uh, my heart kind of sank when I saw that it was polygons. Yeah, I don't. Because like when you look at what Nintendo has been doing with their 2D platformers for yeah. a while and how good they make those look, mm-hmm. like this looks fine for the 3DS, but it's just like mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's very like, plain. It seems kind of safe. I've heard, ironically, brothers, but with Metroid well, a little bit. Yeah. I've heard this game looks pretty cool with the 3D, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, it's a good thing the latest 2D. The latest, yeah, like yeah, the 3D in it. Yeah, and like apparently you can't shoot and move at the same time. I I cannot tell what the deal with that is because I w- was watching footage and they definitely were shooting while moving, mm-hmm. but it was like kind of while they were falling forward. Weird. So I, I think you can run <laughs> and shoot. Maybe, but shoot forward only? I, I really don't know if you can diagonal aim, like, in Contra or something. They're really trying to kind of, like, push that They're really nub thing. Well, and, you and, hold left trigger to stay still and then yeah, you aim. Yeah, yeah. D-pad. 
But and then you, you can press X to punch a Metroid. You can punch a fucking Metroid! That's pretty good. <laughs> but oh, this doesn't really look anything Metroid like Metroid 2. Yeah, it doesn't look anything like Metroid 2. No, basically. not at all. Like, I'm just kind of going into this because it's just like, you know what? It's another Metroid game and I'm going to play it. No, whatever. That's sort of my thing was like, okay, Metroid isn't sacred. Like, people, <laughs> like they made a shit ton of Zelda games that were of varying quality over time. It's okay mm-hmm. if they if they make more a bunch of Metroid games, then it kind of ups the chances that they'll make another really really yeah. good one. Like, and it doesn't have to be either of these two, but the more if they're making yeah. Metroid games again, that's really nice. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's definitely like Metroid has been kind of moving in a towards faster arcadier action yeah. for a while like, since like Zero Fusion, Mission, then Zero Mission, then Other M, even. Yeah. Yeah. Or they so could just kind of retire, or they could like finish their series and then move on to new IPs. And if they're gonna finish it, they gotta do Metroid Five. Metroid. Because I, I want to see that damn cliffhanger resolved God. in some way. Yeah. God. Oh well. So that's good so, news. That's good news. The other thing <laughs> I'm wondering though. Yeah. Does this pave the way? towards the most sacrilegious thing I could imagine. A Super Metroid. No! Don't! Don't! Yeah, see, fucking don't! Favorite. It's fucking don't. You just shut mm-hmm. your whore mouth right now. <laughs> I feel bad because I was so negative about the fan remake, and for this one I'm just kind of like shrug, but there's nothing like more legitimate just because oh, these are people at a trade show. So their vision is purer or whatever. No, like that fan create like little creators are great too, but I just really yeah. didn't like AM2R. <laughs> I think AM2R is bad, and the, the person that made it like... had a real shitty attitude about it. Yeah, yeah, the way he was like, "This is a improved version. This is the good version of a bullshit." Yeah. Thr- I didn't of like a, the original of like, a that, bullshit that black and white game. To like, get yeah, out of here. Like, and the other so thing that, is, like, having looked at a lot of video of the new one, mm-hmm. the Metroid fights look way better. Yeah. They were so bad in AM2R. The AM2R Metroid fights are shit. Garbage. They're just garbage. Get that shit yeah. out of here. So two new Metroid games. Yeah. Like, I'm, also, I'm pretty stoked. Also, there's that sense of wondering, like, how much, like, it would, when big fan projects kind of come out and there's a big push of publicity there's a wonder there's that little sense of like how much of the publicity is because it's using that established ip mm-hmm. oh and like 99 99 yeah yeah and that and that just feels bad to me too because it's like obviously big companies are just put are using those ips just to push games over and over again but yeah. like yeah. i would rather people make their own games and make them good yeah. and stand on their own i yeah. mean you know that's what I do, but like having been on Newgrounds for a very long time, boy, do people just click fan projects. That's right. That's the name. Generations. Yeah, Generation. God. So, yeah, that that feels weird. It's going to be fun when that game comes out, and it sparks a whole bunch more talk about mm-hmm. Metro Two and AM Two R. Discourse. Hey, Metro Two is really good. Play that. Yeah, I really like it. Return of Samus. At is the very pretty least, good. like all three versions of that game look like they're going to be pretty damn different. Yeah, like this is managing to be different in a way that AM from AM2R. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is that at least the new one isn't just sort of like let's 
zero mission up Metroid. Yeah. 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 That felt so. Because that felt so like kind of cynical. Yeah. Mm. All right. Enough Metroid. Enough Metroid. Another game. Another game. Uh, What's this? Kind of a kind of a bummer one. They're making a Life Strange prequel. Yeah. Yeah. And I just. I don't know if it's needed. Yeah, conceptually, I just don't think it's needed at all. It's like, I have the same feeling as when they're like, hey, we're making a Bioshock 2. Yeah, like, like, what are you going to tell me about... Like, what are you going to tell me about Chloe that, like, changes my outlook on her as being, like, a super rad character? Mm -hmm. Like, there's... Rachel Amber. Or Rachel Amber. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to talk about this one. Yeah. So this is a prequel. Yeah, it's a prequel, um, and uh, Ashley Birch is not reprising her role because of the sag after a strike, and unfortunately, <laughs> she's on. getting shit on pretty hard for it. Yeah. That's so stupid. It's not her fault. No, it's not. It's not for supporting voice actors. They like, a voice actress on. supporting uh, voice actresses. Huh, weird. Uh-huh. But suddenly, like, when you're fucking with our pieces of media, we don't care about you anymore. Yeah. And well, apparently there's some weird season pass stuff going oh, on with this. Yeah. So they go, this is a three-episode series, and then I looked on the Steam page, and it's like, buy the deluxe edition to get the bonus epilogue featuring Max. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And that's the more expensive version of the game. I'm just like, boy, that is the grossest thing I've yeah. seen in a long time from a pretty I'm, gross industry. I'm real fucking bummed with how that turned out. And then it's like, oh, and Max has a different voice actress too, probably, if it's yeah, the same. Yeah, more than likely. So it's just this... The whole prequel concept just seems very... Unneeded. Unneeded. Like, it's, it's just... Like, that is a story that stands on its own very well. It doesn't yeah. need extra parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the vibe I get listening to y'all talk about it. And I... Like, I watched a demo of it, and it's just like, oh, the writing seems pretty cringy as well, too. Oh. And, like, you know, the whole gameplay concept, conceit of that game, the time stuff isn't in this one. So, like, what's kind of... I don't know. Like, I don't... I don't get it. Maybe Rachel Amber has powers. Oh, no! (laughs) That's weird. I don't know. Like, I don't... Like, it's kind of like... At, you know, the seasons after the first Walking Dead, I'm probably going to skip oh. it. Yeah. yeah. I played season two and it was just like, okay, whatever. And then, uh-huh. God, Telltale just cranks that shit out now, though. That's all they do. Because it's like, season three of Walking Dead is like already out. And completely. done. Yeah. And no one talked about it. Nope. Like, ever. I only and saw then, one person yeah. talk about it, and that was I Ate Your Pie, and that's just because he streamed it. Yeah. Weird. And I saw I saw a sale for like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm like, is that even out? And I'm like, oh, episode two is out already. What the hell? They're making a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Yep. I had there's no two idea. episodes already out. All right. I think they finished Batman. Like they just they literally crank those things out faster than I can keep up with anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think being prolific is really cool, and getting making a bunch of shit is probably the way to make good shit. But also doesn't seem like they're making stuff that's really grabbing people. Like, nothing really... Like, you don't hear people talking about their stuff the way they used to. No. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, a few of them, like, the new... Bo- the Borderlands thing they did. Yeah. People really liked. Yeah. Like, in general. 
nothing has come close to The Walking Dead Season 1. Yeah. Mm. And that's the only one I've played. Yeah. And finally, the last big announcement. And I'm I'm gonna say fuck anybody who's like already shitting on this. Cause like <laughs> I am totally fine with this existing. I am tired of the internet just wanting to hate things to hate things. It's like this isn't something you can possibly know is good or not. You're just hating on it because the angry video game nerd told you to. With that, hide line five. Boom. What's the last Fuck thing, yeah. Rhett? I've been really ready for the new entry in this series. They're making a fifth Bubsy game. Yeah, they are. And I, w- I just want to highlight the fact that it's actually Bubsy 5 because yep. there were the first two games on SNES and Genesis, mm-hmm. and then there was a little-known third game on the Jaguar. <laughs> yeah. So Bubsy 3D <laughs> was actually, the, actually fourth the fourth game. game. <laughs> they missed an opportunity there, I think. So Bubsy 3D is a really bad platformer for the N64 and uh, the PS1. And PS1. Okay, the PS1. Um, there are two Bubsy ga- two two D um, mascot platformers mm-hmm. for the SNES and Genesis that were all yeah. right. There. I mean, the first one I thought was playable. I never even played the yeah, second. The second one. one's okay. pretty bad. The, f- the right. problem with those games is that you go like Sonic the Hedgehog fast, and the camera's the bad at keeping like, up for a it. A one hit kill. Yeah, like, you just you just press over and you just smash into enemies and instantly die. Yeah, so you actually have to be very very careful. There's no rings or anything. It's just yeah. one hit death. That's it. I think the best one of those games was the Bubsy 3D browser game. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that so was hard. This is being done by very the hard. people that did Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams, which is just like oh, yay! And I'm like, "Hey, I'm totally okay with this thing existing because there's yeah. a, a, a pretty good chance this is going to be all right. <laughs> it's going to be all right, at the least. Okay, so yeah. they took Gianna Sisters and made a r- real good... A real fucking good game out of it. They took, they're took. they taking Bubsy. What other series should that crew take? What other, like, middling to bad old <laughs> 2D platforms from 30 years ago can they transform? Arrow the Acrobat. Arrow the Acrobat. Zero the Kamikaze Squirrel. Excellent. I can't think of any funny ones, but yeah. Oh, worm, worm, journey to the center of the worm, journey to the center of the earth. <laughs> Whoa, that game's bad. Friends <laughs> really, really liked it and got me to play it, and I played it in a day and was just like, oh, ugh, ugh. oof, woof, woof. <laughs> but we're talking about a cat, so we shouldn't be woofing. You two are silly. I know. Any other that's E3 it, news, right? I think that's about it. That'll about cover Wait, it. Bubsy's a cat? Bubsy's a cat. He's a bobcat. Bubsy's oh. Bobcat. Oh, I didn't realize that. I don't think I knew... I thought of Bubsy as being like an animal. I think I just thought of Bubsy as Bubsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I want as a revival, though, is Gex. There you yeah. go. Like, Gex could be alright. Just, like, take out the annoying voice quips, please. No. Oh like, god, those god, are so bad. No. Down on the annoying no. voice clips. No. We recorded like ten thousand of them though. Oh my god. <laughs> Never hear the same one twice. They're so bad. Y'all, all right. Peaches the Lobster is a game my friend Eric John is working on for DOS. Right. Um, the remake of his one of his very old games, and it, and I played and I beta tested um all but the last level of it. Uh huh. Excellent. When that game comes out, when Peaches the Lobster comes out, I am going to be 
singing that game's praises to all we'll, y'all. We'll, we'll pass that off to the uh, Gianna Sisters team, and then they'll remake it. <laughs> Not in 20 years, because it'll be re- being made now, and then in 20 years, they'll remake it again. All right, all right. So that that's all of our E3 news. Yeah. It's still kind of a crap show, but somehow we still managed to talk 20 minutes about it. Yeah. Yep. Video games are all right. Video games yeah, are still here. They'll still be Everyone, here next year. It's crazy when people are like, oh, there weren't many games at E3 this year. It's like, have you seen the games coming out this year already? Like, we're yeah. still, like, we're still like a like, lot like, of you stuff. You aren't actually playing everything, so. Yeah. Quit oh. your bitching. Quit your bitching. Also, um, my game came out during E3, Atop yep. the Witch's Tower. <laughs> that was real smart. That was real John's smart. John's E3 is best E3. John's E3 is best E3. Um... <laughs> Also, so anyway, we're going to get oh, out of here. No, no, we're no, getting no, out of here. We're, we're stopping. No, I, I have one we're... other important thing. What? Um, my, my friend Collins um, started his Kickstarter for Luca, L-U-C-A-H. Um, and it's looks it's going to be a real good um, action game that's kind of Dark Souls-y, but in, <sighs> actually, but also really pretty and gorgeous and atmospheric and cool. Um, there's a demo and a trailer. You should look it up on Kickstarter and maybe pledge to it. Luca, L-U-C-A-H. Look it up. We're gonna get. We're gonna start getting out of here now, right? Okay. Yeah, bye. I'm good. Yep, I'm good. All right. So, quick programming note: coming up this weekend, you'll be able to catch an extra episode of the Soxcast. We did a spoiler cast slash postmortem on her lullaby with myself, John Taylor. Hi. Carmichael McAllis and Andre Ritsu, and we all sat down and kind of tore that game to pieces as much as we could. All secrets known. You'll get to hear all the thoughts behind of it and, you know, from everybody that worked on it. And then, you know, we'll talk about it. We dissect the story a bit and kind of go over how all of that shit came together. So that'll be a fun thing. Yep, that'll, be, on the that'll be either Saturday or Sunday. That'll be going up. Um, so, John. Farawaytimes.com. <laughs> Rhett. In3.tumblr.com Where the podcast loves you We're the only ones that love you